Hey, everybody. Welcome to Keller Bear Has a Podcast, not to be confused with the Tim Keller Sermons podcast. <laughs> you're here for that. You've made a terrible mistake. Yeah, it's uh, a good distinction. I'm Michael. As usual, I'm joined by Stacy, Trey, and Sean. This is the podcast where each episode we take a pop culture topic and go around the horn giving opinions you didn't ask for. This episode, we're finishing up our conversation about the sitcoms of our lives. And... We're recording this the day before St. Patrick's Day, so I am drinking uh, Guinness. Nice. Cheers. In honor of that. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm drinking cat piss, so. That's. Oh. I'm just that, kidding. I just, I, I held it up as like, in the camera, that looks like just murky <laughs> urine. Ill-advised. That's a, that's, Ill you're going real Celtic, like way back with it. I'm going the opposite of Celtic. I'm going red clay, Alabama. So mm, nice. very Irish. I'm drinking a Mexican lager. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> full body herbal tea here. Nice. Full body like herbal tea. Full body. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I feel like it's a word y'all would use. It's a nice mouthfeel. <laughs> tea is at least, you know, British Isles-ish. Yeah. Oppressors. Uh, some uh, Irish oh. breakfast tea going that's good stuff you have anything in it the tea in your tea yes oh yes tea. yes some burleson honey oh nice yeah keeping it local straight from burleson hey is it true is it true that local honey helps yes. your allergies mm -hmm. it is i've true. heard that but i don't really know i've heard that as well and i i drink <laughs> about a quart every day and nothing of honey what are you winnie the pooh yeah, no, I, I'm. That's obviously a joke. I um, no, <laughs> is it I, obviously a joke. Yeah, I mean the reaction. The reaction is a concern for me, really. <laughs> that you all might actually think that I drink <laughs> that much honey. I think it was the use of quart. Like if you just said a lot, and, you were very specific about it. And the word drink, like yeah. <laughs> Just, just downing <laughs> honey a like quart. you're chugging it. Yeah. Like, what is going on? Oh, uh, it's for my allergies. I get, <laughs> like, I get my hands stuck in the pot. And it's, it's I walk around with a, sh a shirt, no pants. It's weird. <laughs> you're, you're, no, it uh, does. It it helps. I mean, it's not going to like solve your allergies. It's not going to sure. just make you not have them. But yeah, it helps. I'll keep drinking it just to See, try. And what's weird is I get I get honey uh, from other states. Mm because uh, I think it tastes good in my in my tea. Gotcha. Um, but I probably should get local honey. I try to cure myself of other states' allergies. <laughs> that okay? Yeah. See, that's the thing. Is yeah, I I drink honey before I go I'm, to that state for travel for <laughs> vacation so that I don't get sick. <laughs> yeah, it makes What's, sense. Do you have favorite states? I mean, for the honey, not just in general. Uh, I forget what honey it's called, and, and I guess I do have an answer to this question, but I do, I, I forget what honey it's called, but it's from Tennessee. Mm. It's a honey from Tennessee that's really good in a black tea. Also, now I want to do States of Your Life, and... Oh, that wow. sounds good. Rank, that actually... Rank, that would be fun. States. That could yeah. work. That could work. Write it down, yeah. Trey. I don't think... The secretary of his group. Trey, you want to start us off? Yeah, so sitcom that changed your life. Um, I feel like this one's hard for me 
just I, I again even with the bands I probably take it way too far just thinking changed your life like it has to be something monumental but eventually I just gave in to what was sort of the first one that popped in my head and it, um, it was Scrubs uh, Scrubs uh, changed my life in the way of how I perceive sitcoms and really a lot of television in general because Scrubs is obviously a sitcom Granted, up until that point, most of the sitcoms I had watched were more adult in nature, like, you know, Frasier Friends, things like that, stuff that I should not have been watching at such a young age, probably. But um, we're all just humorous based. They didn't really deal a lot with the the deeper things of life, the deeper sides of life. <clears throat> and sitcoms was really the first uh, sitcom, really TV show at all that did that. It, it's a sitcom, but it also delved into depression. It, it uh, delved into aging you know uh several characters on the show had depression carla one of the main nurses uh was they had a whole series of episodes devoted to her dealing with postpartum depression um uh dr cox one of the main doctors on the series uh him losing a patient and then over the course of a couple episodes dealing with depression uh dick van dyke had a great uh cameo role in one episode where he was an aging doctor that was just not keeping up with the times. And eventually they realized that, you know, he, he was using outdated medicine and it was not his unwillingness. It was just, he had gotten so old and, and past the prime that he couldn't understand it. So a lot of that makes it sound really dark and depressing. There were a lot of really humorous moments. There were some, a couple great bottle episodes. There was a couple, uh, one of my favorite things was the janitor uh, played by Neil, um, Neil Flynn. Uh, they did a whole sort of, meta reality where they introduced the fugitive which neil flynn played the cop on the fugitive and then jd the main character in scrubs realized the janitor was the cop and fugitive it's so a lot of great comedic bits but it was really the first comedy sitcom i'd ever watched that delved into some of the deeper uh, more emotional sides of life as well and i was if i remember correctly 14 when scrubs started on television so it was really my first exposure to a lot of that, uh, especially growing up in a pretty guarded evangelical world. You like if you felt depressed, you just weren't praying hard enough. Uh, so the, the seeing that play out, especially in a situational comedy, had a, had some pretty profound and lasting effects on me. And on a much much less serious note, uh, so I say Scrubs season one through eight uh, changed my life. But then I went back and thought, no, season nine did too. Because season nine shows that you can do something great for eight seasons, uh, change the cast, and it can still be really awful, even though you've had eight really good years of good stuff. If you change things, it can be really, really bad very, very quickly. So season nine also uh, changed my life in, in that respect as well. So actually never watched that like through. I had a lot of friends in, high, in college that were really into it. And so it was on a lot at their... Um, apartments and stuff um so i feel like i've watched a lot of it but i can't i have no like line or or yeah any any knowledge of how the show kind of plays yeah i was, I was about to say i i feel like i remember watching a lot of scrubs in college with you there yeah um, when i was in high school we didn't uh in my house we didn't have cable and so it was local shows if we we watched whatever was on the, the local channels and it, you know, it was on NBC. And so it, it just became something I really enjoyed at that time. 
it is not something I guess that has aged well. Um, I, so I, I say go back and watch it if you haven't, cause it's a good show. Just remember it was the really is 20 years ago that it started. Zach Braff and Donald Faison have a, a podcast they're doing now. It's, I can't remember the name of it, but they, uh, they basically, they're going back and rewatching it and they're talking about the shows and the development of the entire show over their time on it. And even though they'll, they'll admit that there are some, you know, homophobic remarks, there's some sexist remarks, things like that, but it's all sort of thing that, you know, it was 20 years ago and it was something that was acceptable at the times that anyone, even the creator, I think the creator was Bill Lawrence would yeah. tell you now that is not something that would play or they'd even try they were going for a laugh and but it it's something that was done uh at a time where things were less frowned upon like that and they just weren't thought of more than an intent to hurt or anything like that i'm pretty sure at least for me like it was the it it ushered in the bromance thing oh yeah definitely uh, in terms of jd and and uh turk's relationship Mm -hmm. like I actually think they did a, a service to a lot of men watching that show. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. I and, mean, and just, there's there's a real genuine love between the two characters, right? And, you and can, they're you can and they're tell. best friends in real life. Yeah. So like yeah. it, 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 that's just a you know, in a way, in a way, maybe combating some toxic toxic masculinity. Yeah. Oh, I mean, definitely. Right? I mean, for sure, for sure. Because I do, well, I do that. That stuck with me too. I mean, even even just catching it on in other people's places, that that idea of 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 such a close male friendship um, really did have an impact on me as somebody that just kind of had it on in the background from time to time. And it's interesting to think how like that before around that time, like that just that was not a thing. Like now you see it everywhere, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, but I really, I really do think Scrubs might have been the first. Uh, one to really do that to portray a male friendship in that way well and it was from the beginning that they're like yeah. that they love each other and they're friends and you see that in sitcoms where it's like they're friends and then they have this one episode where they like tell each other that they love each other and but that it's never like there's never that then it goes back to, no- to quote-unquote normal yeah yeah right. like punching yeah. each other in the shoulder again you know whatever yeah well, and uh, c- coming off of Friends, it, it, opposite of everything I said earlier, coming off of Friends, it received some praise uh, because there is a, a little bit more diversity in the cast. Where yeah. you know, yeah. two of their six main characters, uh, one of them is a Latina, one of them is a black man, and they're portrayed as like working medical professionals as opposed to typically at that time, if you had minorities on shows, they were typically, you know, lower working class or you know, poor, homeless, something like that. So it, it has received some praise as well for that aspect of, of trying to, being an early adopter of portraying minorities in a positive light. Um, I also was like around it a lot in college and high school and it was just on all the time. And I sat down and watched a bunch of episodes but I've never seen it like all the way through, right? So probably a couple months ago, I went back to watch it again. And like Trey was saying, not all of it, holds up you know like we're in a definitely in a different time but it is funny as hell like it is funny I haven't made it through the first season but it's really funny and I think yeah I think we should all go ahead and give it a go it's the first pilot I can ever remember watching 
where I watched it like the actual premiere on television and I could not stop laughing. Like I was losing my breath. Granted, I was 14, but I mean, I just, I was hooked from the start. It's the janitor and JD's relationship yes. is a great comedic relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I use that gif of Dr. Cox. Is that his name? Banging his head against the thing. Oh, yeah. I use that yeah. a lot. I used that today, actually, on, oh, really? Twitter. Wow. on Twitter. Yeah. So that's a good fun fact for you. <laughs> See, I, I feel heard. A sitcom that changed my life. Um, I approached this in uh, a way of kind of thinking about how a sitcom may have like affected me the most in terms of just like my own development as a human being uh, for, for good or for ill. Um, one, definitely for ill. Uh, and we've already talked about it, but mine is Friends for a couple of reasons for, for the first, first reason is I, I think that uh, Chandler, that character was a big um, kind of accidental inspiration for me. Uh, and I've had that like ever since, ever since friends became big, people would tell me that I reminded them of Chandler, uh, which is kind of a, it's kind of a backhanded compliment in a lot of ways. Cause it's like, oh, he's funny. Then there's a lot of other bad things about Chandler. Um, but I think, I do think that I took on a lot of that kind of smart assy humor. But the, the biggest thing with Friends uh, is a negative thing. Uh, and I do, I do like the show a lot. Uh, but man, Friends uh, really like, screwed up my understanding of what romantic relationships were supposed to be. <laughs> and uh, it convinced me that you weren't like, it wasn't a good relationship unless like you were off and on and off and on. And like somebody was doing the chasing, uh, the pursuing and like, and then like, but when, and when you were together, it was boring it, I don't know. It 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 really it really really screwed up uh, a lot of things for young Michael and uh, any of my girlfriends in high school uh, who are definitely not listening to this uh, <laughs> would tell you like yeah like like it, it 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 it's like it's like it convinced me that you just needed some sort of drama to have like for it to be exciting. Um. And I don't think I'm the only person in this boat. I think this is a thing that is that swept the country in a lot of ways. This again, generation, this, yes, this idea that like uh, it's just things need to be rocky for it to be exciting and for it to be uh, fun, instead of just like that's no, like that's not at all <laughs> like what it's supposed to be like, and it's not fun. Stop telling yourself that it's fun. Isn't that a very four thing too? Yeah. Like, that's a very four thing. Yes. Friends preyed upon me. Yes. As a four, <laughs> I think friends preyed upon me very much. I cared a little bit too much about Ross and Rachel. That was my Sam and Diane, like growing up. And uh, yeah. I think it was for most of our generation. 
Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it was will it's they, a, won't it's they, shorthand, like Ross and break, like that's you know that's yeah. an iconic relationship for our generation. They were on a break, by the way. Uh, they were, they were I, literally with, on a break. I'm with Ross on that one. They were 100. Also, uh, but I do, <laughs> but just to talk about Friends in a positive light, though, I do really like Friends. Um, I, I, for some reason, it was it was one of those that like you would hear preached about from pulpits a lot uh that it was just it was destroying people and and like i said i think it it did destroy some of us in some ways but not in the ways that preachers were saying it was because preachers man i heard this time and time again from different preachers that uh that all friends was was just a show about a bunch of friends just having sex with each other and that's all it was and i'm like that's not that's not even true like Two separate couples had sex in that show. Uh, and spoiler alert, they both ended up together by the end oh, of the show. Ah. Sorry. And, and so it's, and so, but literally preachers would act like it was just a 30 minute orgy on screen of just friends just having sex with one another. And that's just not, not even true at all. And, on network uh, television. It's interesting. I've never heard that criticism of friends. Oh man. The criticism I always heard and I referenced it in the last podcast was life is not spent in a coffee house. Uh, and that's taken from Bill Gates. Bill Gates gave a commencement speech like in the late nineties where he told people, he's like, work hard, you know, do your best. And remember life is not spent in a coffee house, like criticizing the fact that they're and there's even one episode. What if I, I, think. What if I work in a coffee house? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's one episode where uh, I think Phoebe's unemployed and the rest of them actually have jobs and they're all sitting there and they're like all complaining about how their bosses hate them or they're having a hard time at work. And Phoebe goes, well, maybe it's because you're all sitting at a coffee house at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, oh, yeah. And they get up and they go to work. I feel like nice. you could say that about a lot of shows, though. Like, yeah. Anyway, like you know, Big Bang Theory or Modern Family. Life is not lived in a bar, which I guess that actually is pretty good advice. It's yeah. <laughs> solid. I'll, I'll give like it how, how I I'll Met Your Mother. mother. Give, give Cheers credit though; they always showed them coming in from work. Yes, not their going evenings were spent in a bar after they worked all day. <laughs> Not before, like, going to operate heavy machinery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Sean, show that uh, changed your life. Yeah, sitcom that changed my life is the British Office. Um, yeah, both in style, but also just in how it it, it really kind of changed my um, personal comedic styling or out you know i don't know the way the way that i that i the way that i um exhibited my own personal comedy i don't know that sounds stupid but uh no, it makes, but yeah. That makes sense yeah it, just just the way that that uh, that i liked to joke around changed um after i watched that series and i uh i love that it was short um because i think i think that that We've discussed far too often, you know, these shows go on and on and on and on. And I'm, is that a British thing? They just end after a short period of time. Typically, typically so, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's no coupling, you know. Um, oh, okay. But uh, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I appreciated that. And then um, 
obviously the the uh, kind of mockumentary style um, that we had seen in uh, Christopher Guest movies already and everything. But uh, yeah, I, I it really changed the way that I uh, appreciated comedy. Um, and I showed it to anyone and everyone I could. And, and there's one episode that I showed to everyone that I could, and that's the sensitivity training. Yep. I showed it anytime I was trying to get somebody hooked on the British office. I said, this is the episode you have to watch. One of the greatest and, episodes of a sitcom ever. Unbelievable. Yeah. And every time I, I mean, from what I remember, maybe I'm just choosing to remember it this way, but every single person that I showed it to loved it. To my, to my face. Then p- privately, they hated it and cursed me and said, don't hang out with that guy again. And if I were willing to put money on like what show uh, like our friend group, like in college, uh, would quote the most, uh, I feel like it would be the British office. And I also feel like it might even be everything from that episode. That episode, yeah. Like go, go get, get the, the guitar. guitar. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 Say what you see, Gareth. Yeah. Two dogs, bone. <laughs> Give a dog a bone. <laughs> yeah. So good. It's so it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Great pick. After our last episode, I decided to go back and rewatch it. So I'm currently rewatching it, trying nice. to give David Brent more of a chance. Have you given, have you watched that episode yet? No, I'm, I just, I mean, I started watching it maybe three days ago. I've only watched the first two episodes. Uh, Becca doesn't love the British office. So she, this is, it's something that I'm going to have to watch slowly because anything either one, most of our time spent watching TV now is in the evenings. We're watching something together. So it's sort of anything we, the other doesn't like is you kind of have to catch it when you can. So yeah. it'll be a slow watch, but where do you, where can you stream it right now? Uh, I in think Britain. I'm watching it on Hulu. No, uh, wait, it's on HBO. It's HBO Max. I about to say, I, yeah. Okay. HBO yeah. Max. I know they changed it recently. Yeah. Which I was happy about because with HBO Max, there's no commercials because I've gotten to where I hate commercials. Agreed. Which I don't know why. I've dealt with it for most of my life, but now I suddenly hate it. Commercials are no good. I sort of love them, but it's because I haven't watched commercials in so long that I find them entertaining. No. Entertaining, yes. I don't like know. you watch a commercial and you're like, Yay! <laughs> Sometimes that ATT girl is so quirky, she doesn't know what's going on. I'd like to think we've all been so blessed by the British office simply because without it, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant probably wouldn't be as famous and well known, especially in America, as they are. Uh, yeah. And that's a that's a blessing to all of us. Uh, last year's Golden Globes was the best award show I've ever watched in my entire life, <laughs> and it was all because Ricky Gervais just basically said a big "f you" to everyone in Hollywood on stage to their faces. <laughs> and have any of y'all ever watched the extras? Yes. Mm-hmm. His other, yeah. That was the second one. Yeah. Yeah. But it was kind of like almost a reference to the office in a way like his, I don't know, not, not really, but, um, but the idea of being known for one thing, only one thing in, 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 uh, in, in film and TV. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was kind of interesting. Cause I, I do think that, that, that series, what was, it was only 
two seasons as well, maybe two or three. Yeah. Anyway, I was just curious. I was curious if y'all had seen it or not. Mm. I enjoyed it, but um, what's that on? It was on HBO. Uh, It should be. So it should be there on HBO Max. Yeah. yeah. Have you have have y'all seen? uh, Did y'all see that Stephen Merchant show that was on HBO a few years back? It was about him. I forget what it was called, but it was about him like looking for love. Yes, I did. Um, and I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good too. That's a, that was a funny show. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. My, have any of y'all watched? It was I think one season, maybe two. The TV show Gallivant. It was a musical sitcom. Yes. No. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things Ricky Gervais does. He has a, a four, three or four episode like sort of cameo arc where he plays a, a character called Xanax the musician, uh, the magician. <laughs> Xanax the magician. Nice. And he does, he plays like a therapist, like a magist- magical therapist for Gallivant, <laughs> and they have like various psychedelic, uh, like drug induced psychedelic dreams and stuff like that. It's, just, it's really wow. good. It's Timothy really Amundsen's in it. Uh, Timothy Amundsen. Uh, do you know who that is? Who? Timothy Amundsen. Uh-uh. Amundsen. Uh-uh. No, he's in it too. Okay. Is it? A, is <laughs> oh. it? Is it animated? No. No, it was on like no. MB, ABC or NBC. It's like a medieval parody. It's very much oh. like Robin Hood Men in Tights. Okay, I do yeah. remember. I it's remember like Robin Hood Men in Tights, but not quite as funny, but very, very yes. along that same vein. I in remember that seeing vein. that. Okay, it's the really st- funny. The, the Stephen Merchant show you're talking about is Hello Ladies. Hello Ladies. Yes. Yes, it's a good show. Yes. He he is genius. I yes. can watch him in anything. Yes. Honestly, I mean, as much as as I mean, David Brent. I, I mean, not David Brent. Ricky Gervais. I think is. Uh, I think he's hit and miss. Um, probably based on what he is creating but steven merchant is somebody i mean his role in jojo rabbit <laughs> makes yeah. me laugh oh yes so much <laughs> but anyway all right stacy show uh, sitcom that changed your life so i really thought about changing this because i feel really stupid saying it especially with a huge conversation we had around this show but i'm keeping it Good. um Good. yeah i felt like it was dishonest to change my answers it would be it would be (laughs) but modern family and but hear me out so when i was in i think hold on hold on can i can we pause pause yeah i feel like you talked so much shit about modern family the last podcast you did i felt so alone (laughs) i did that's why i'm saying i feel like this is dishonest Modern Family, the first couple of seasons were really good. Like, we can all agree on that. The first couple of seasons were really good. And I think that's when I was in seminary. I'm pretty sure. Or it was, like, late college, early seminary. And it was the first time I'd ever seen, like, a same-sex couple just do life. And there are all these problematic things with the way that the show portrayed that relationship between Cam and Mitchell but that was the first time I'd ever seen that, like seeing a same-sex couple like play out and have a family. And it helped me make a lot of like really important decisions at that time because I was going to a very, very conservative Methodist seminary where they were expecting us to like make statements on like LGBTQ inclusion in the church. 
And they wanted us to be ready to give some sort of like statement about that to all of our interview committees. And that was like the first time I ever was like, oh, like they're just a regular family. Like they're just like we are. So it changed my life in that way where it was like reframing things for me and providing context. Did you, so did you see Modern Family before you saw Six Feet Under? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, did I? Well, and I think- Because I'm thinking like that's the same kind of thing where it was like the scene, things like that. And I also watched another movie where it was like, I think um, Mark Ruffalo was in it maybe, where it was like um, two moms and then the sperm donor came in. Do you know what I'm talking about? The kids are all right. But in any case, like those things were all happening at the same time where I was getting these like glimpses of- LGBTQ parents or partners that their lives looked like mine. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though these things were problematic at the, I mean, they were probably, they are problematic, but I didn't, I didn't know enough to know that. Well, and even between the two, Cam and Mitchell in Modern Family are much more stable than Keith and David are in Six Feet Under. You know, it's it's still at times in Six Feet Under, it definitely portrays still more of the rocky lifestyle, like the stereotypical rocky lifestyle I, I of feel a like... gay relationship versus, not to say that's not real, that happens, that exists, but it also exists in the heterosexual world as well. Whereas Cam and Mitchell are consistent and you see the development of their relationship, even, even, even the struggle of for the first two or three seasons, they're not married because they can't be. They're, they are, they coexist and they cohabitate and they're, they're, they are each other's significant other, but then they are able to get married. And so you watch that on television develop as well. Okay. But I feel like it's disingenuous to compare the two. No, I was just saying like, like Modern you were saying. Family is a sitcom. Like no, everything I was, I was, is stable. That's yeah. I was just saying, as opposed to you were saying, did you see that earlier? Like, even if you yeah. saw it on six feet, even if you see the relationship exists on six feet under before you see it on modern family, there are two distinctly different relationships being portrayed, both of them completely respectable and both of them completely genuine in the greater scope of reality. See, see I would say, no, I'd say one is more realistic and one is from a sitcom <laughs> like that. I don't, I don't know if I, cause that was, cause that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I you see, don't think I it's see, colored by your I hatred see what of you're modern saying. family. No, no, no. I, I, I literally, I, I see what you're saying. It's just, I don't know. There's a, there's a false ring to any sitcom relationship. And I feel like that is, that's also one of the things that it came under fire for quite a bit um, was like uh, making it like basically like saying like, Hey, a, a gay relationship is the exact same thing as a straight relationship. See, and like a lot of a lot of gay people took took offense to that that idea of like stop like you're like you're like basically trying to make it look like as easy as a straight relationship. Does that make sense? Because that's the thing is yeah. like yeah, it is more rocky and six feet under. But I I I don't think it's because of the two characters. I think it's because of so the society that they live in and their reactions to being gay people in in society at that time. But at that so time, I don't know. I just to, to compare the two just seems like a I think we're saying the same thing in different terms. They're both no. sort of characters. No, <laughs> I, I don't think I we think are. 
they're both caricatures of themselves because it's using the logic you just used. I could criticize six feet under by saying, so you think all gay relationships are completely covered in aid scares and drug use and inability to connect. And that is one aspect of a gay relationship where I have friends who one of my good friends said he didn't a show like modern family showing it being as normal and as something that is heteronormative in incorporating homosexual relationship into that is one of the things that gave him the courage to come out. Like seeing that it's not the stereotype of it has to be this scary thing that you fight against. You can coexist in normalcy. Normalcy. That's see, that's the thing is you keep saying normalcy and that's where I get hung up. The, the idea that like, any relationship is normal and yeah. the idea of like and which i would say that's not true all no relationships are normal because there's no such thing as normal and i feel like that's part of the problem when when you take a sitcom and try to say like oh this is like a really good representation of a relationship when it's like well it's a sitcom and and what and and I feel like a lot of things that sitcoms do are try and turn abnormal things normal in a way that is not helpful. I hear like I hear what you're saying and I can totally like jump on board like Stacy now. But then like I think I just I needed that. Like Yeah, no no I, no, no. I, I totally understand that. that and I understand like Trey's friend. Like I I understand yeah. those things. I'm, I'm just, I think what I'm getting hung up on is like comparing six feet under, comparing a relationship in six feet under to modern family. I'm wearing my, right now I'm wearing my like critic hat. Sorry. Comparing those two things are to me legitimately like apples and oranges. I just don't think they're completely different art forms. And so that, that's the only, that's the thing that I'm getting hung up on. And and to and to say that like to say that like modern family portrays like a real realistic look at a relationship. I like I wouldn't even say that about the about the straight relationships in that show. No, I don't. Well, they're all caricatures. Of I course. don't know if I said that, but I don't, I agree with what you're saying. I think it was you can say the same thing about dramas. Like they are caricatures of relationships. Like. The, I disagree. The, the relationship in a drama can be very bit every bit as real as a relationship in a comedy. They they're you know they they can be perceived as it can be extreme not, version. It but that, that's what I'm saying. Like they both it's can not be, in Modern Family is my point. Essentially, what you're saying is there's no way Cam and Mitchell's relationship could ever exist in real life. Like it's impossible. And if you know there's they have difficulties in the show. They're usually portrayed in a situational comedy situation. But that's to say that a, a relationship like Cam and Mitchell's, it, it is impossible in real life. Whereas David and Keith's is perfectly logical and realistic. Okay. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't see how you can look at that and go, yeah, that's real, man. That's a real. I didn't say it is. I said they, they both could be real. Either one could be real. It's to not put sort of a box around what a relationship is and defining it based on that. I'm, think, I'm not saying you're Cam, talking about a sitcom and then saying like, we can't put boxes on relationships, but here's like 30 minutes of like, Oh, here's, here's our disruptive thing. And then, Oh, but then we're okay in the end because that's how life is. Like, that's my issue is like sitcoms are legitimately like they do not portray real life in a sense that like six feet under, especially at the time 
was really challenging this idea of like, we're going to put things on screen that you've never seen before because it's representative of real life. I could take that same logic and apply it to Big Bang Theory, though. Like, those aren't real life nerds. It's supposed to be situational comedy. Like, they're not trying to be real. They're trying to be characters. They're trying to explode it more. So why would, why would you dislike yeah. that if, if you know that it's like a farce, I guess? Because I'm not saying like, man, those nerds, they're just, that's really how nerds are. And I think we need to be really be aware of that. I, because I, I don't disagree. Think but yeah, I don't think they're trying to say that either. Like it's, You're it's, saying that. And I'm disagreeing with you is what my point is. No, I'm saying that they, they, that, that is an exi- like the relationship itself, not the finer nuances of the show, not the like actual plot points of each individual show, but like the relationship of two gay people coexisting in a happy, loving relationship that occasionally have disagreements, but otherwise they exist in a world where they are accepted and loved by their family, by their friends and the greater nuances. They occasionally face some real life discriminations. I think that is where the heartwarming aspect of it, you know, not the whole show of everything that happens within modern family is real and realistic and is always perfect. But the over that's I, Stacy, you can speak to it better because you were the one talking about it. How I take it is Stacy saying, this is the, that was the first time you saw like a cohabitation of a long lasting, loving gay couple together in a, in a mutually exclusive, uh, yeah you know, m- m- monogamistic relationship, essentially. Yeah, yeah and I'm not I, disagreeing with what Stacy's saying. Yeah, and I think they were, I think I was watching both shows pretty pretty close to the same time, like that seminary. I, I didn't watch Six Feet Under while it was on, but I think in the, in the silliness, I could see myself in the silliness of those characters, you know, of Cam and Mitch and going like, oh, I could do that. Like I could be that silly too. Or I, the the situations where you're like, even though they're over the top, you're like, oh, I've had that similar thing happen. Or I could see that thing happening to me. And so for the first time, like they weren't othered in my brain because like growing up in conservative evangelical circles, gay people were this other, they were different than me. They didn't have the same kind of life that I do and so to see them in a sitcom where it's like they're in this silly situation I could see myself in that silly situation you know what I mean where they just weren't they weren't aliens anymore like they were it sounds so terrible but they were it it humanized this group that the church spent so long othering or making me believe were completely different than who they are yeah, Not saying know. that that's how they are, but... I think you said it. They, they, that was the first time they weren't othered. Because even in yeah. previous relationships, they were othered more See, I just, than... I don't know. I disagree. I think that's the main thing that we're disagreeing with. Is I think, I think their portrayal in that show is a little heavy... It, well, is quite heavy-handed and caricature-like of like... Especially, especially uh, Cam uh, is just, you know... Yeah, and this it's is definitely... what gay guys are like, and I know, and I know a lot of gay guys who like took offense at that. So, like, I yeah. so I think I literally think that what we are disagreeing about is that is that yes, y'all think Modern, Modern Family did a good job, and I think they did not. No, <laughs> no, that, I'm not that's even. It. That's all it no, is. No, no, I'm not even saying they did a good job. I'm just saying that in that time and where I was, right? Yeah, 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 changed my mind. Right. Now, if I were to watch it as myself today, 
I may go like, what the hell is that? That's not helpful to anybody. But at that time and who I was, it was something that was eye-opening to me. I don't, I, I actually haven't even gone back and watched it. Um, so I don't even know, like, I don't know where it would land with me or how I would feel about it. I have no idea. Let me say that here, here's okay. Here's, here's, here's a good, uh, here's something good that I think gets to the point to like, really the, the point of what I'm trying to make the conservative Christians that I knew around that time, they loved modern family. They were appalled at six feet under. And that's, that's what I think, like, don't you think again, that could potentially I, be a good job though? Don't you think that's working towards softening the edges? Because I'll tell you, when Modern Family came out, I thought gay marriage was wrong. I thought homosexuality was a sin. And it went a long way towards changing, normalizing it to me. Being able to see that on television in a, for better or for worse, a normalized manner. A, so, a situation where, when I say normal, I'm not saying normalized in terms of incorporating it into hetero society. I'm saying normal as in you can turn on the TV and whereas 20 years ago, something like six feet under was incredibly controversial as opposed to 10 years ago you and you'd have to go to hbo to find something like that as opposed to 10 years ago 15 years ago with will and grace you see the beginnings of it and even then anytime you know when they kissed on will and grace that was a huge ordeal and lots of people rioted and then you go to 10 years ago from now five years later after will and grace you see cam and mitchell in a committed loving relationship on tv every single week night uh, every single wednesday night it's, it's sort of a progression. I, I agree so, with what Stacey's saying. Now in time, sure, it's a caricature. It does, it does portray all gay men. It's flamboyant, feminine, over-the-top sort of thing. But it, it's a progression of time of, of bringing us all around. But my point is representation is not here for straight people to make straight people feel better about gay people. That's yeah, not no, the point of representation. No, I, good, I, good representation. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm telling you, I had conversations with gay people at the time about Modern Family that they told me they felt better represented because of it. Okay, I had the opposite. So yeah, and it doesn't make either one wrong. I'm just telling you that they're, you know, the same way that that some people could hate the Big Bang Theory because how it betray nerds, but then some people could potentially like it just because they find it to be a caricature. Also you know, it's you can't really compare nerds and gay people. I know I, it's, it's, it's definitely two different extremes of it. I'm, I'm just trying to think of like a, a, a term to loop it back around. You know, we're not all going to agree on whether the representation is good or not, but that doesn't mean it does only bad. There's good. And then sometimes there's gray area that it could make one person feel good and one person feel bad. And Absolutely. That, it's all that relative. doesn't make either one wrong. Yes. It's all relative. I'm so, I'm saying from my position, yeah, I think it's bad. <laughs> I was I was more along the lines of I can see where you think it was bad. I wanted I was looking for more of an acknowledgement of potential potential, not even saying you agree, but potential for gray area that it's not all black and white, good versus yeah, bad. I, I mean, Sometimes there's gray. Of course, yes, yeah. but that's what opinions are. Yeah. I actually really appreciated that conversation because it helped. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I can speak for anybody else, but it helps me grow. You know, I mean, that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that conversation made me a better person. So thank yeah. you. Disagreement. I think so. I disagreement agree. yields growth. Disagreement's good. Almost always. It's good to watch other people disagree. <laughs>
but I refuse to do it. I don't want any part of it. I want nothing to do with it. That is an interesting topic of conversation as well. Obviously, we all know that I enjoy it. I hate watching other people do it. Like, if I can't participate, it's not fun. (laughs) I want to be part of it. I want to disagree with everybody. The sitcom that surprised me, uh, we've already mentioned it a couple of times. And it's just, it's, it has turned out to be an incredible show. It's Modern Family. No. No. I knew that was coming. I watched probably the first couple episodes and I've talked to a lot of people who felt the same way. It's, it, it is kind of a rough season. It's kind of hard to get into, but once you do, it is endearing. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And really the last seasons, four, five, and six, five and six, they find their stride and it's just good television and it's Schitt's Creek. Um, I just, uh, the first time I watched it, a lot of people recommended it. I watched the first two episodes. I was like, this is dumb. This isn't even going to be funny. These Canadians don't know comedy. Uh, and I, I, I just love Eugene Levy and, and, um, uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara. I, I mean, they're, they're brilliant. They're hilarious. And I just thought this, this just isn't that funny. It's just not very good. And, you know, even they, Dan Levy will now talk about the first season was they were just trying to figure out what the hell they were doing. And Dan Levy was pretty new to all of it, you know, and, and didn't really feel like he had his feet underneath them. But they found their stride. And I'm glad that they were given a couple more chances because they did. And the last half of that show is just fantastic. Um, and it just it surprised me because when I gave it a second chance, it was because so many people had told me I didn't rewatch it again until season four had finished. And so many people told me how good it had become that I decided to really honestly struggle watch season one. And even the couple of times I've gone back, season one is still not the easiest to watch, but it's, it's, it is, it's a great show. And I'm really, really glad to see that show finally getting some of the credit. Cause I thought, again, the earlier season's not so great, but I thought they were kind of robbed after season five. I thought season five was really, really great television and they didn't win any awards. They got no real recognition. So I'm glad to see them getting some with season six, which was also uh, a fantastic season. I don't know if I should say anything. I'm waiting for you to say something, Michael. Why? I don't know. I've, I've not seen the show. I can't, I don't have a- Are you serious? I, yeah. We don't about do that. This. Don't say stuff like that to him. Don't, don't shame him into no, this. To be, yeah, to be fair, I'm this close to never watching. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. Do not do that. Don't do that to him. I know. I get that. Why? I'm curious. Uh, because not- Stacy has been like going on and on about it on the, on the, on the text. And so I'm just like, I don't know what, I don't know what you're talking about. Michael does this thing that if I like something a lot, no. you should do it. Yes. If I tell Michael, <laughs> it's not just you. It's not no, just you. That's not true. I, I, I do it too. I really do. It's the whole, um, I call it the firefly thing because everybody mm. tells me to watch firefly. And I'm like, I'm not watching that. And the truth is I would enjoy it, but I d- stupid stubborn it's not so here's the thing it's it's not that it's not that it's like oh gosh i wish people would stop telling me to watch this it's more like (laughs) it's more it's more like especially you stacy like you're you're the way you talk about it as if it is is like lately especially is like is that it is going to cure skin rashes that i may have if i watch (laughs) it and like so i know that that 
So it's be like the more and more people talk about something and the more you hear them talk about something, the more it gets built up. And then I'm just afraid like I, that I'm just not, that it, it's not going to meet my expectations. And then I don't want to be the guy who like doesn't like the thing that everybody loves. And so then it just becomes like work. Uh, so it's, Season not, one. it's not spite. It's just, and I do, and I do, I plan on watching it, but uh, but late, but lately, Stacy has really stretched that. Uh, I didn't know if I would have known that you thought, didn't watch it, I would have not done that. I thought we talked about that last. No, week. you were giving like all these fun facts about Shit's Creek that I just assumed that you had seen it. What fun facts? I don't know any fun facts like, about Shit's Creek. They're Canadian, which I don't That's know. That's not a fun fact, and I'm pretty sure I said that. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> I know that's general Canadian. knowledge. Sorry. I'm actually kind of surprised you didn't know that. They were. Well, I knew I that before it, I watched it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. Um, they were produced by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Right. <laughs> didn't know. I don't acknowledge these borders in our lives. What? Yeah. Um. Yeah, Michael. I really did not know, or else I I would not have done that because I know, I know that you don't like to have that let down. I would not have hyped it so much. I really thought that you'd seen it. I'm so sorry. You I personally loved that you didn't know they were Canadian. I feel I really that. bad because I didn't, I just didn't know. I would you be should, like, you, yeah, that's a cool show. You should not feel bad. That's certainly, <laughs> you should not feel bad. Uh, you should feel terrible. No, you shouldn't. I do. I really would have like under, I would have just been like, that's, it's a show. I disagree with Michael. You should feel bad. Well, then I wouldn't, then, then I'd be like, well, Stacy didn't like it very much. So should I, I mean, should I even bother? You know, like, oh, just, what's say, that movie? just say what you feel, Stacy. It's fine. You can't control my reaction to things. Okay. Can't do it. So don't try. Well, I'll, movie. Be the, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. Nope. There's a movie, Michael, that what, what was that movie that you Human loved? Centipede. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's that movie that you loved and I thought was just awful? And La La I Land. Yeah, La La Land. See? Yeah. What we about it? Disagree. You don't like La La Land? I know we can disagree. That's normal. That's that's I I'm would... a, I'm this human being and you're a different human being. I this know. This is TV shows of your life, sitcoms of your life. But I, I would definitely want to revisit how you could possibly dislike La La Land. La La Land okay, is We'll wonderful. talk about it. But... So I would have never have sobbed in the theater or sitting sure. next to Becca while we weren't even like hadn't been dating that long. So good. Openly. Are time. you okay, Sean? <clears throat> this is good, getting too much. Do you want me to make you some chamomile tea? I don't like this. So, uh, Schitt's so Creek is, is a shit. Shit, a is Schitt's Creek good? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't do so this. Don't do that. Season don't ask one. Whatever. Listen, don't ask season that one. A family of four loses all their money and moves to a crappy town in rural nowhere. I've now, actually you're, you're caught up. Start on season two. I've seen the first episode and I was like, maybe. So you've also, seen the first episode. Yeah, so now you've got to push through. So now skip to season two. Yeah. I, I know people that have said, like, I I know the premise. I've seen the first episode. I don't want to see another show like this. I don't want to see another premise like this, where it's like the rich people lose everything but, but but they get it back and they gain they mm. you know somehow find their way i know people that 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 are turned off immediately by the premise and by the first episode or honestly season really but truly i, I it it's 
I'm no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to sell it, Michael. You can't get me to try to sell it. I like the classic Doc Hollywood premise. I'm a fan. I love Doc Hollywood. No, watch it or don't. Do what you want. I'm gonna. Okay, good. Don't watch it, Michael. No, I mean I'm gonna do what I want. That's don't watch it for sure. Gonna happen. I you swear. The next time, it. the next time I get excited about something, I'm gonna be like, okay, who has seen this? Who is also excited about this? I know I that remember. I have voiced that I have not seen Shit's Creek in our yes. group. I know that I, I have remember done that, that happening. I knew I that Michael remember. had not seen it. I can't remember everything Michael says. <laughs> <laughs> Why he expects that of us? He expects we, that of all of us. We have it recorded. <laughs> I don't have a Lisa Frank journal. I'm, keep, write down I'm his keeping. Stuff. I'm keeping a note. <laughs> Sitcom that surprised me. Uh, you're the worst. Uh, this is a this is a sitcom that was on FX, and the reason it surprised me, uh, I kind of I kind of fell into watching the first episode because I remember when it when it came out the the trailer for it I, I I remember seeing and go and and thinking to myself I've seen this a million times and I don't need any more of it and basically what that is is just another sitcom about selfish assholes, um, which is a almost a genre in and of itself now. Um, which sometimes can be like really funny, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. But I just, you know, I was just like, okay, so it's a so it's a show that's about kind of it's kind of like a romantic show, but at the same time, like everybody's everybody's an asshole. Uh, but then I fell into watching the first episode, and uh, I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting at least. And, and then I kept watching it, and then it got funnier and funnier and funnier, and. The thing that really um, surprised me about it was how uh, dramatic it ends up actually being. The show does a really good tightrope walk of being equally hilarious. And then when you're not expecting it, uh, almost heartbreaking. Um, and some of the things that it explores uh, and a lot of it, 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 it just without giving anything away, it just kind of, it, it explores depression. It explores PTSD. Like it explores like a lot of like real hard stuff that you usually do not see explored in a sitcom. Uh, basically. So, so basically it's, it, it's, yes, it is a show about assholes, but then it like delves into like, why are you an asshole? Right. Um, what broke you and like, what made you this way? And then like, really like, bringing that to the forefront. One of the only shows that I can think about that on a pretty consistent basis, especially near nearer to the end, you I would be laughing hysterically, and Jenny is a huge fan as well, and we would always watch together, but we would be laughing hysterically, and then like almost crying. Like it, it's just, they're just having such meaningful moments that come out of nowhere. And again, it's one of those things that builds up those meaningful moments so that when those meaningful moments happen, there's like an extra punch to them because they're, they're, they're few and far between in the show, if that makes sense. I cannot recommend it enough. I literally don't know anyone who has seen it other than Jenny. Um, it's really funny. It has great performers. Aya Cash is, is in it. She's really funny. I forget the the main guy's name he's, he's british but he is so funny um it's a great show and you should watch you're the worst and i'm pretty sure none of you have seen it i've never yeah. i felt the same way where it was like this looks 
stupid. Like I've seen this before and I don't want to, but I really like that, that intensity of laughing really hard. And then in the next 10 seconds, you're crying. Like that's mm-hmm. very, that's very appealing to me in a show. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, heard you, I've heard you ring this bell before and I've tried, I've, I've not checked it out at all, but it's, it was actually on my list, my short list of shows that I need to, that I need, that I should have seen. I've seen one episode. Um, I, it's sort of, I was flipping the channels and I came across it, but it, it was sort of on in the background. I don't remember when you first said it, I was thinking of, I'm sorry with Andrea Savage which is also oh. an excellent show. That, that's the first thing that clicked in my mind, but I was like, no, wait, that's called I'm Sorry. Um, but I, I have seen an episode. I just don't remember much of it, but it was it was not from the beginning or anything. It was just an episode on TV, so it could have been in any number of seasons, and I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, it's one of those shows that you kind of have to start at the beginning and go through because it really builds on the relationships in the show. So um, both in terms of the comedy uh and the drama in it i do remember the episode i watched was the brunette character Mm -hmm. the brunette female was like it was an episode about her balancing home work life i think uh and i was like oh this is i was like i think i've told you beck and i are currently rewatching parenthood and it was around the same time that julia braverman is doing that on parenthood so i was thinking oh this has been done but this is a thing yeah, this this is a thing, uh, but I did think there were funny moments, and I I'd love to give it a try. In the show, Aya Cash, she's a kind of a real low level manager for musical acts, and she doesn't manage him. But because of that, like for different reasons, uh, Ben Folds will show up just as himself. And he and he's oh my bizarre. Like he plays himself as the weirdest mother effer, uh, and he's really funny in it. And he and he's basically a recurring character, just Ben folds as himself, uh, and it's really <laughs> funny. This is how you. This is how you got me to put it on my list. Uh, that that's what I remember. I, I I don't remember much of what you've said about the show except <laughs> Ben Folds because I adore Ben Folds. That's definitely a plus for yeah. It. And 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 you said that, and I said I remember that. I need to put it on my list of shows that I should have seen um, because of him. And uh, he's anyway. great, but he's he, I I think his name is Ben Folds the fifth. He's he's no nope. the Ben Folds the fifth. No. Nope. No. no, Trey. That's a band that he had. Mm. Um, he was one of he was one of five people in that band, and um, I don't. I think it's a little ridiculous to think there were five Ben Folds. Sean, Legend he was clearly it. okay. <laughs> God bless it. <laughs> He's amazing, though. Ben Folds is amazing. Yeah. Have y'all seen the video of him basically writing uh, a symphony on the spot? Yes. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I hate it. It is him. ridiculous. I, I, love, his, I love hate him. His music videos are awesome. Have yeah. you ever watched any of his music videos? Uh-uh. There's one that's like a piano. It's like prepared piano. And he's got like 10 pianos. And everybody's doing something different on them. One person's doing like a, almost like a hammered dulcimer thing. And one person's just wiping along. Anyway. Ben Folds is my sitcom <laughs> that you love. <laughs> You're the worst. You said it's on FX. Is it on anything else streaming? Uh, I don't know. I'll, I can look I'll, it up. You don't. I'll to... look it up for you right now. As Sean... if only there were the internet. 
as Sean goes into uh, Sean the sh- the sitcom that surprised you. Yes, uh, sitcom that surprised me is Shit's Creek. <laughs> that is why I did not talk about it uh, uh, while Trey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, I think this yeah. is the first time someone's repeated something of mine. I feel so honored. <laughs> you're the worst. You're the worst. Is on Hulu, by the way. Hulu. Okay. Good enough. Hulu. Hulu. I uh, yeah. I, I think. Yeah, really, really, um, it was the hype. I, I watched it after all of their big, like they're sweeping the Golden Globes. Um, I saw that and I go, okay, well, I love Eugene Levy. I guess, I guess I'll, I guess I'll watch it. And so it was after that. I, I tend to not watch things that a ton of people keep telling me to watch as well, and a lot of people that I that I see like at work and. Um, really just at work uh they you know they kept telling me to watch it and uh and and i was like oh okay yeah sure and they kept doing inside jokes and i was like i hate this but then yeah it was like the it was honestly i think it was after the golden globes i was like okay they look cool (laughs) i guess i'll watch it and i and i and i binged the entire series trey's right get past season one and in it um i mean not that season one's terrible but certainly you get the gist and uh and it just gets better and better yeah, laugh, cry, um, and then you get through the entire series, and then watch the special, kind of making of the last season uh, special that's on Netflix, and even more laugh, crying. But uh, I mean, I, I fell in love with uh, with Eugene Levy and um, and Catherine O'Hara through Christopher Guest movies, and uh, um, and so that was a big selling point um, for me, and certainly. Uh, Catherine O'Hara is probably the best or second best character on that entire series. She's unbelievable. She's great. Um, she's so good. She is one of the most unheralded. Uh, she really is. Absolutely. Geniuses. Yes. Yes. Because everybody, if you bring her up, and I, I think thankfully this has probably changed now, and now probably people, most people know her from Shit's Creek. But before that, I feel like everybody just knew her from Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where she does not have a lot to do in that movie. No, um, and she's not funny at all. No, she's not funny. No, uh, no. so yeah, she is f- so good. So she really, is, it, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. And, no, that's just I was going to echo the same thing. That's one of my favorite things about Schitt's Creek is Catherine O'Hara is a brilliant comedian, and she's finally getting some well-deserved recognition. She's about to win all five of like the, the major performing awards for for Schitt's Creek, and I mean, an EGOT, I, and you know all of the the, the five major performing actor TV awards. <laughs> you kind of have to like add another qualifier on there just to make it more. Uh, to, That's more not real. that exciting, Trey. <laughs> Wait, what? Explain. Uh, the Emmy, the uh, SAG, Golden oh, Globes, I see what you're saying. Okay, uh, okay. Critics' right. Choice, and then another one. I could okay. the other one I didn't, I had never heard of. But apparently, those are the five like major TV Nickelodeon Kids Choice. Nickelodeon <laughs> Kids Choice, the Grand um, Slam. Of but television. basically, she's won the Emmy and the Golden Globe. She's expected to win the SAG. Uh, she went so, for the cycle. So it's it just all, all the a lot of the excitement is you're right dan levy's writing developed so much over the series and he's brilliant but th- i can't imagine moira not being played by Catherine o'hara I and mean, that's all her yes that's all her yeah. she came so up with all of that brilliant yeah she's like i think i'll play her with an accent yes 
And it's the most absurd thing you've yeah. ever heard in your life. But it's like the way she says things are just a little bit off. Yeah. Where it's so funny. That that is her, and again, I've not watched the show, but that is her genius. That is Catherine O'Hara's genius. Yes. Is she will do the smallest of things to make something so funny and yes. she know it's like she it's like she has she's psychic and like knows what is just going to make someone laugh that is not like overtly funny but it's so subtle that it's hilarious yes uh, yeah, yeah yes. that as a performer yeah. she's she's so good yeah and then she she's told good. the costume costume designer bring me all of your costumes she's <laughs> like give me every costume you have I'm going to wear a different one in every episode. Absurd, <laughs> complete absurdity with the Ab wardrobe. It's ridiculous. But she, um, she says some. There's like a line. It's like instead of um, like I don't need your two cents. She's like I don't need your twin pennies. <laughs> and it's like that is just so hilarious. And there's no, you know, there's no reason it should be, but it is. And so the delivery is just so phenomenal. I was gonna say so much of it is just her delivery. She yeah. says yeah. lines that are not funny. Right. Yeah. But she says it in such a way that you can't help but laugh. But it's those rewind moments where it's like, what the hell did she just <laughs> Yeah, say? yeah. And the, Michael, the reason, I know this is not helpful at all, but I honestly had to pull out a thesaurus at some points, not really, but like I, I had to look up some of the words that she used because they were so like, I don't even know what the word is. Like she is using this- It's very wide, it's words. very deep. There's, it's very smart. Um, where I think like you appreciate that kind of humor where, where she uses this obscure word and it's so smart that it's hilarious. Okay, Sean's right. Well, I will I say that I, Sean's onto something. You're right, Sean. There is something about like telling me to watch something that I'm just like, <laughs> screw you. I'm not going to watch it. No, I'm not I'll saying you it. should. I'm saying you would like that. You yeah. would appreciate that writing because you are so well read and See? have such an extensive vocabulary. Let it go, Stacey. Let don't it go. Do that. Let it go. Don't, don't do that. I don't, didn't need don't to look tell up the somebody words. how much they'll appreciate something. Trust me, you're the kind of person who will <laughs> love this. Is a very that's is that's, that I don't what know. I sound like? That's what Stacy no. tells all her gay friends about Modern Family. That <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I didn't need a dictionary or a thesaurus. I will say there were many times. <laughs> Many times I had to rely on the captions to understand the oh, words that she God. was saying That's because true. she delivered them in uh, such a way that it was brilliant. The, the wine, the wine <laughs> commercial episode. The, the <laughs> yes. It's one of my fav absolute favorites because, because of the different ways she says, honestly, just because of the different ways she says the guy's name. <laughs> that alone <laughs> is absolutely amazing. <laughs> really what it boils down to is that show is probably nothing without her i mean Absolutely. i mean it's it is a good show probably yes. without her it is not great without her Ab yeah absolutely absolutely yep and i like you know not that eugene levy plays like outlandish characters previously but both of them in most things that they do kind of play characters typically you know it's goofy people you know weird people but he is so the straight man in this he he is just so the yeah. just absolute straight man normal not even like american pie dad goofy like fumbling sort of you know weird guy like he's he's just such a straight-laced forward-thinking guy and it just 
parallels Moira so well. He's surprisingly low key. Yeah. And, and like surprisingly aware, like just yeah. it, like yeah. I, he's more aware than anything else I think I've seen him in. That's interesting because that's, that's, that's a kind of reversal of what you would usually do. Right. Yeah. Yes. And they, they do it so well. They work they so well together. And that's very. Their chemistry is amazing. Yeah. It really is. That's uh, very giving of Eugene Levy to be like, you know, you take the funny bits and I'll be the straight guy, you know, that's, but yes, they are, they work, they work incredibly well. I mean, they've been, they, hell, you could basically call them a comedy team at this point. Um, all you, the yeah. Christopher guest oh, movies that they've done together and, yeah. and two of them, they're married in them. So like it, it, well, they're not married in one of them, but they're a couple. Um, well, that's I, the thing. I've never seen those. Like I'm the person that only knew her as the home alone lady. Like oh, I didn't to, know. You got to go back so, and watch Best in Show. Waiting for well, Guffman. Best in yeah. Show. I didn't Mighty know Wind. about Waiting in Guffman, but I I knew her as Home Alone. But my my love of her was born in Best in Show. I mean, yeah. just turn on Comedy Central, leave it on for a week, and it's going to come on at least twice. It is. Uh, that was the first Christopher Guest movie I saw. Yeah. Um. Actually. Yeah. And then Spinal Tap. But Michael made me watch Waiting for Guffman, and that yeah, I think that sealed it. I still need to watch that. It's a Mighty great. Wind is also. I've never movie. seen a Mighty Wind. I've not seen it. Hey, either. Michael, I will watch all of those movies that you. No, just don't watched. bargain, shush. I wasn't going to. I'm just saying. I'm going to watch those. Just throwing that out there. That I is. I don't a, care. Uh, like that's a universe bargain. Like I'm throwing this out to the universe. Yeah. Let's see what you do with it, Michael. It was, that's still it was, a bargain. It was it an did, unstated bargain. It did seem very like defiant. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Michael, I'm going to watch those. Just put it out there. Here's Balls the in your court, Michael. This is Talk, the truth of it. Not for any reason. I'm going to tell the truth right now. I do the same thing that Michael does all the time, honestly. But when Michael says you should watch this, I typically do. Because I typically like it. And I think the only thing that I don't but like. You don't do Lala what Lala Michael Lala. does. <laughs> no, like Lala Land's the only thing that Michael's likes that i don't but everything else i like oh and human centipede i haven't oh. i don't to be fair i don't like human centipede <laughs> i'd like whatever to, you, that's a bit. you have gone on record whatever. as saying that's a, that's that's sitcom that you love i have seen <laughs> human centipede it. i i do not like human centipede you it gift a, it to your friends in distress it is a we very, know that it's your favorite it's it is heartwarming i'll say that it's a little it's, too it's a little too romantic for me it's human centipede yeah i've only seen clips it's kind of a chick flick <laughs> uh t- t- not because we haven't talked about Shit's creek enough one f- further thing along a point michael made i think that's another thing that makes the show work so well is eugene levy is so giving both in terms of letting Catherine o'hara like ha- take the comedic moments i'll be the straight man but also you can see it as in his character in the show but also him actually as a dad in real life how much he embraces Dan's vision for the show and letting Dan really take the reins and run with it. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Because Dan has talked about how really the only reason they got the show in the first place was because Catherine O'Hare and Eugene Levy were on board. And that's really probably the only thing that kept it going after the first season. But really it was Eugene believing in Dan and his vision of what it could become. So there's a lot of Eugene Levy giving in this sitcom. And that's what makes it work so well. And they well, both I created it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
I didn't realize that Twyla is his daughter. Yeah. I didn't realize that either until after I saw the show. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, how cool would that be to be able to do that with your family oh or to be a family where that was like a, yeah, something you'd want to do. Yeah. So in the show, they also, Dan and Eugene also play father and son as well. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's a great chemistry amongst all four of them that the, the. And um, Twyla Paris. Twyla Paris is also. Twyla Paris. Yes, 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 yes. Is Eugene oh. Levy's daughter, which I did not know that. No, no. What's the actress's name that plays the sister and daughter? Annie? Annie something with Finesse or an Murph? Leibowitz? Can't remember. She's amazing. That whole, the voice that she does for Alexis, like I just assumed that's just the way she talked. Like I didn't realize that she was, she was in that character. Like that's not who, I just assumed she she spoke like that, but she was doing a voice. She was. That was really interesting. Catherine and O'Hara also doesn't talk like Moira. She well, was, she was I, acting. No, but it's such a distinct kind of voice yeah. that I thought that's really how she just, she spoke that way. That's what Canadian Valley girls sound like. Stacey, what's the sitcom that surprised you? <laughs> Shit's Creek. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah. Another three for, well, or wait. Yeah, yeah, that's only yeah. the second one. Yeah. And last yeah. time I was on the outside, so I feel so good. It was when I had my last um, ankle surgery where uh, I was like trying to figure out what to watch because there was, I had to stay in bed for so long. And one of my friends had suge- suggested Shit's Creek. And I was like, that just looks so stupid. And I really don't like the actor that plays Roland. What's his name? He just. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and i yeah. honestly like he's so cringy to me that even in the show when it's his turn even though i really like the show i cannot stand that man like really it's just so cringy i mean he's probably a great man but like i can't stand the character that he plays or the way he plays it it's just yeah. gross but imagine the show without him he, he's i a, think honestly i can think of other people that would be better in that role i don't like him He's, oh, in, no. he's in he's in scary movie too and it's yes the and only funny a, part it's a very similar character take my strong hand is <laughs> that guy yes he plays a similar character and i i think it's funny i enjoy him in that role it's it's too cringy for me i cannot i just can't deal with it but so that's why i didn't want to watch it and then i watched the first episode and i was like i don't like, I don't really like this. And then I just got, I got hooked, but I stopped watching it in like season three or something because I didn't want the show to end. So I just pretended like it was never going to end and never watched the ending until I guess this past week where yeah, I watched- it was, it was definitely this past week. <laughs> I'll say, I didn't know. I, I, I just saw it. Sorry. I'm excited about that. I didn't know there was a special. So I look forward to watching that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, Yeah. I'm sorry that I live texted every episode. I've seen the special. I haven't seen the show. (laughs) I can't understand how you would see the special and not go watch. Why would you do that? If I watched the special first, I would go back and watch the show. I'm kidding. I've not seen the special. (laughs) I know that. I know that. I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say that your joke is stupid. Wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't it be funny if I secretly, I've secretly have seen all of Shit's Creek and uh, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just pretending. Yeah. Now you're even better. 
you're you're pretending like you've not seen it, but secretly it's your favorite sitcom of all time, and you're just I, toying with us the whole time. Because I said I said I know nothing about it, but then I keep like answering questions about. It. <laughs> the last thing that I wanted to say about Schitt's Creek is um, when I was watching that the uh, extras thing. I don't remember which actress brought it up, but she was basically saying that one of the things about Schitt's Creek that's different than other shows is there wasn't this like um, this terrible thing that happened. And that's how they explain these like LGBTQ uh, characters. It was like they were just living their life and it was just like these situations, whereas like other shows, it's more of an apology for being who you are and part of that was having dan levy be like he's writing like he's in the room where this is being created and so he's having this voice that normally isn't present so instead of like writing these traumatizing storylines um it's just like coming from more of an authentic place um and so like their whole relationship instead of being an apology for being gay it's like they're just having life i i think i could be wrong but i feel like i read he's not gay they say in the in the show he's polyamorous and i think he's the first polyamorous character like on tv ever like i guess when i'm saying gay i'm i mean like queer. No, i know what you mean I, I was just saying like that that's a profound thing just the representation of polyamorous as a thing it doesn't have to be black or white there's a lot of of degrees to the spectrum but that's Honestly, not what I, I poly, would, you, that's not the right word though, is it? Polyamorous is when you have more than one partner. Pansexual? Pansexual. That's Pan, it. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Pansexual. You're right. It's yes, I'm sorry. But but again, like I think that kind of representation is really important to have, um, where the, you're not offering an apology, you're not offering drama because you are lgbtq it's just it's just who the character is there's no apology for it there's no like backstory for it it just and i think that's that's a really powerful part of the show that that might be an easier thing to do responsibly because there's not a lot of baggage attached to polyamory or pansexuality things like that there's not um specific stereotypes attached to that does that make sense Yeah. yeah Yeah. And he is very like feminine at points, but he is also very masculine. Like you've got this um, like gender fluidity yeah. in the character um, that I think is done in a really, really brilliant sort of way. It's responsible. He does it in a responsible way. Right. Yes. Yeah. Definitely watch that. Definitely watch that making of the last mm-hmm. season because they go into great detail and they explain how that has impacted so many. Uh, and so, so definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm, I won't go further because I, I honestly think that's part of the, part of the series. If you watch the series, you have to watch that, that episode, um, that special. Yeah. And, and when you watch it, like as a parent, you see the parents in the, in the show reacting very positively to their kids. Um, like you don't, you don't have that cliche storyline of like the kid comes out and the mom freaks out and loses it. And then by the end, she's okay, but she's still having like this rough time. You don't have that narrative in the show. And like, as a person that works with, um, LGBTQ youth and kids, I think that, I think that will be an important thing for them to see Yeah, that it doesn't always turn out bad. And not only them, but their parents to have that solidarity of like, oh, look, this is an example of what, like, 
they're just like us. I don't know that kind of, um, me too kind of thing is happening. Um, that I think can be really beautiful. Yeah. And it's not just, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say in that, in that, I think in that light, it's not just a show of representation. It's potentially a show of healing. Like, I mean, I think that that's, I think that's the further kind of step that it, that it could potentially take for someone who is seeing it with, with potentially with that perspective is a show of healing and not just representation, but, but of, uh, of something that, uh, that truly affirms who they are. Yeah. Uh, Well, and like I said earlier, you know, that when we're talking about these marginalized groups, like literal lives are on the line. Like, yeah, this show is funny as hell, but also like literal lives are on the line here. They need to have um, representation. It matters. It really, really matters. Man, we should really get some Schitt's Creek sponsorship on this podcast. <laughs> I'm done talking about Schitt's Creek now. Well, it's not you. We, I mean, Sean and I also, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a brilliantly funny, but also needed and important voice, voiced show. Yeah. And based on, the, I mean, yeah, based on this question alone, surprisingly so. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly um, effective. There is no way the show is going to live up <laughs> I know. to to the expectations with which y'all have set it up. So sorry. Who knows? Maybe it'll surprise you. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! You made it worse. You just made no, it. No, that is that it. That it, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that did make it. Now worse, I yeah. can't be surprised by it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might hate it. I doubt I'll hate it. <laughs> Maybe that's a su- surprise. <laughs> it's awful. Surprise. I don't think you'll think that. I do I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, me too. If the three of you had seen it and built it up the way that we have done, I don't think it could possibly it's, live it's, up, especially based off that first step. It's just so good. <laughs> so good. I don't think anyone did that. Stacy like got this close. I'm sorry. I thought you would. It's see needed. <laughs> like her, her. She went down like five octaves. Because okay, this is one of those. I can't go down no, no. This is one of those shows that I get, really, I get really pastory about, just because I am working with these kids, and I see the I see the world that I grew up in. You know, this was super conservative. There's absolutely no way that any of my babies would have made it. Like they just wouldn't, they wouldn't have made it in the world that we grew up in. Well, but there's this potentiality that I see, I see shows like Shit's Creek and I'm like, oh, me, they're going to be okay. Like they have a supportive community. They have, I, it just gives me hope that it's different than how we grew up. I'm putting yeah. a law on this show. <laughs> I feel like we all are. Maybe I just, I've been working maybe with we these move on kids. Yeah, I've been working with Stacey- these kids. Stacy has literally now said that Schitt's Creek is is going to solve all uh, homophobia in the world. <laughs> I didn't quite feel that way when I finished it, quite like Stacy does. Because I have a lot of feelings and I don't know when to stop. Why did you talk like that? Now. That was so uncomfortable. That was my way of whispering to Michael, like, she, it's... Hey, I'm dead. It's, it's, don't do it again. No, y'all can't. Please y'all can't, don't do y'all it. Can't, y'all can't hear Trey. He's whispering to me. 
so sorry. It's just a really good show. Hey, just man, they hey, hey, stop talking. Stop talking like Trey, that. Trey, do you want to go to Burger King later? Everybody stop talking like that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's funny you say that. I, I don't care anything about Burger King. I had this wild craving for Burger King last night. Weird. It was weird and wild, and it's just funny you say that. Anyway, that's not important. The sitcom that is my guilty pleasure. I don't have a sitcom that's my guilty pleasure, really. I just, I mean, I watch what I like. I thought about Righteous Gemstones. That was my first thought was it's a brilliant show. I love it so much. I think Danny McBride is so funny. John Goodman, so funny. But then I was like, but I, I don't feel bad about watching that. And my initial response was I feel bad because I'm in ministry. But it's also not really making fun of ministry. It's making fun of televangelists and their money grubbing. And Danny McBride, I listened to an interview, interview with Danny McBride and he was talking about that. How it's like, we're not, he was raised Baptist and, um, you know, he, he has his thoughts about the church, but they're not trying to make fun of the church. Anyway, my answer is not righteous gemstones. Uh, so then I just went back to my roots. Uh, as a child, there was one TV show that I used to beg my mom to let me stay up and watch. It came on at nine and nine thirty. And I wanted to watch it every single night. And it's the weirdest thing for a child to like, please, mom, please don't make me go to bed. I really, really want to watch New Heart. <laughs> New Heart is, is and it, it has stood the test of time. It is better. It is, this, it is the Bob Newhart's second show after the Bob Newhart show, which is great. But New Heart vastly, is, is superior. I, I really legitimately believe it is one of the best well-written comedic timing sitcoms that has ever been created. Bob Newhart is brilliant in it. The whole concept of him and his wife moving out and just buying this rural Vermont inn and running it with these weird cast of characters. I mean, it's never been done before. Yeah. Never, never been done before. It's fish it's, out of water it's but it's just it's so funny it's 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 refreshing it's comedic in a way that doesn't have to be or at least for its time was not controversial or groundbreaking it was just a funny light-hearted show you you should not feel guilty about that in the least yeah i, I don't it was, it was just the roots of it being like the guilty pleasure of staying up Ooh, like the guilt of ooh, i get to stay up late sort of thing you know New Heart. I, I, I went very abstract with this question. Newhart is a is a great show. Was a very, very funny and yeah, like really witty show. And yeah, Bob Newhart, Bob Newhart is like one of those uh comedic legends. And he is, he's a legend like amongst like comedians yeah. that has just gone down in the public consciousness. Like people just don't know who he is anymore, which is understandable. I mean, he hasn't done anything. Uh, I think he's just enjoying retirement, but yeah. Uh, he he was one of the greats. I mean, just truly one of the greats. And he's still just, funny. Like I heard him on, he was on Conan O'Brien's podcast and man, like he's still funny. Uh, just that, again, that dry sense of humor. It's, he, he just countered. And I, I think Bob Hope is brilliant and funny. I don't want to take anything away from Bob Hope. It was just so polar the opposite. Bob Hope was so big and larger than life and slapstick. And then you had just Bob Newhart, which was just a small, tiny, understated witticism of, yeah. of humor. And it, it's just, you're right. I think it's m the, most of the, the people I talk to nowadays, who you know him, think of him as Papa Elf. 
and they don't even oh, realize. Oh, that's right. I no, I forgot about that. Yeah, they don't even realize he's Papa Elf. I'm like Bob Newhart, and they're like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "Have you seen Elf? He's Papa Elf." And they're like, "Oh yeah, he's a cute little funny man." I was like, "Well, no, he's one of the greatest co- comedians of of the last fifty years, probably." He shows he's, up on Big Bang Theory too, doesn't he? He does a couple times. Oh wow, yeah, but we don't have to talk about that. Also, Newhart. Uh, of course, has one of the greatest final episodes of any sitcom ever. Yes. It it ends (laughs) beautifully. The whole series was a dream. Right. Yeah. From his character from the Bob Newhart show. Yeah. And it has been used in in a bit in TV and movies since. I was married to this beautiful blonde and yeah, it's great. Yeah. That's it. That like that is genius. And yes, it's been done a million times since, like variations of that, but like not at the time. Like at the time, from from what I understand, like that's why it's considered so great is just because that just like blew people's mind, especially in a time where like meta wasn't even a word. I mean, it was, but like nobody talked about, you know, storytelling in meta terms. It wasn't like like, community where they say meta every other episode. Right, where it's basically a show about being meta. Um, but yeah, like that, that just kind of blew people's minds at the time of just like, did they just do that? Can you do that? Is that allowed? Yeah. Yes. And it's a brilliant. And then there's Larry and his brother, Daryl and his other brother, Daryl. Brother 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 yeah. <laughs> Which never got old. It, I mean, I don't know if you're being serious or not, but I, no, I, no, I, I never, never that, thought it got old. No, I always thought it was old. so funny. Just the dry way of saying it. Yeah. Never gets old. My uh, my guilty pleasure uh, is wings. Um, I briefly you don't have to be guilty about that either. Uh, I have gone back and watched it many times. Oh, I haven't. It's not great. Uh, I would never suggest anyone go watch it just blind. Um, it's more of it's more of a comfort show for me. I considered putting it on show that I can watch over and over again. Just because, it, again, it's one of those shows that I just kind of grew up on. And for whatever reason, I just, there's a part of me who thinks that there's a possibility that what I really latched onto as a kid was kind of the subliminal noise of airplanes taking off and landing in the background. And that that huh. soothed me because I have noticed uh, if I ever go back and watch it now, I always hear that. And it, and I always, like, I, it's like Pavlov's dog. Like I get it. I, I, I swear to God, it releases endorphins. Um, and I can't quite understand why, but it does. Yeah. Wings is my guilty pleasure. I, I considered putting news radio uh, in this slot, but I cannot for the life of me call that guilty because I, I think news radio is tremendously good. So I didn't put news radio in here, but I, but I put wings. And there's not much to say about Wings, honestly. It's a it's basically a knockoff of Cheers set in a airport, a small municipal airport. Main, yeah, municipal. Not even airport. municipal. It's like uh, it's, there's there's two planes. There's two airlines each that own there's one two airlines. plane. Yeah, I have well, no. Roy Roy has more than one plane. Oh, he has more than one. He, okay. he has he has a fleet of like four, I think. Yeah, they they joke about that. But yeah, the the Hackett brothers, they only have uh, the one. Y'all, y'all, we laugh, but I mean, 
seriously, the first time I walked in the mobile airport, I was like, oh my God, I'm on, I'm on the set of wings right now. This, <laughs> this is wings right here. I want to stay. I've not gone back and rewatched it, but I have very fond memories of watching it as a younger person. And I always loved it. And I, I wish I had known then how much I would grow up to cherish Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. Yeah. It's so good. Tim Daly, Stephen Weber. Uh, Antonio uh, Scarpacci. Yes. Um, I think it's, I think it's a brilliantly funny show. And uh, even going so far as I said, cheers was overrated, but I still like it. I, I still think it's a brilliant show, but Sean and I, we mentioned one of the greatest sitcom theme songs ever. Same thing with wings. The it's it's a Schubert piano sonata that I, and it sounds so crazy, but it's it's just I guess along the same lines of what you say. I don't really feel soothed by um, the sound of planes landing, but really I don't know if it's based on uh, my my love for for Wings growing up. But every time I've ever heard that that Schubert piano sonata, or sometimes I even just play it, it, it's very soothing. It's very relaxing. It's very comforting. And it's become one of my favorite classical pieces. And I I originally discovered it through Wings, through it being the opening credit song. A lot of Cheers, Frasier, Wings crossover as well. Yeah, they they take place in the same universe. Yeah. And I think, yeah, Cliff and uh, Norm appear... Mm-hmm. Uh, Fraser and Lilith appear. Fraser and Lilith appear, yeah. And I think that's it. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. Um, wow. I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. They cross over into it... Wings, and I feel like Tony Shaloub, or not, not Tony Shaloub, um, who's the mechanic? Lowell. Lowell, I think, appears in Cheers at one point. They never, Wings and Fraser never cross over, but there's definitely Fraser and Cheers crossing over into to Wings. Which Lowell, by the way, Thomas Hayden Church also like that's how he got his start. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a great show. I'll I'll have to go back and watch and see if. Yeah, I don't think it holds up. Yeah. But I, but I, but again, like I've said, I've I've watched it all the way through probably four or five times because again, it's just one of those things that I'll throw on, like while I'm working on something else. I I don't know because there are there I will say this there are some times where I would pause it, and I would go get Jenny. And I'd bring her in and I'd say, watch this part. It's funny. I swear to you, it's funny. And she'd just kind of chuckle. And I'd be like, okay, maybe maybe it's not that funny. I don't know. I can't tell. I think that's funny. Anyway, who knows? I'm glad, I'm glad it made your list because I did try several times in several ways to put wings on my list and I couldn't think of how it would. So I'm, I'm glad it made it into this conversation. Sean, guilty pleasure. A uh, uh, sitcom that is my guilty pleasure. This may be a little controversial for several reasons, but um, guilty pleasure is your first family of animation, The Simpsons. Yeah. Explain guilty pleasure. That's interesting. Uh, <clears throat> I. You don't have to explain yourself, Sean. <laughs> I think there was a period of time where it was, I don't know, it was what, it's what everybody watched. It's, it was like the, 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 the big thing, but it has since, I think, become unpopular maybe to, to enjoy. Um, but I will say that I think, I think in the last few years, people have started to realize how maybe prophetic the show was and, and, and have recognized it as possibly um, kind of genius. 
Um, but but uh, I think I think it just went out of fashion. I think it went out of fashion to enjoy The Simpsons, and now it's like, oh, that's still on. It has been a long yes. Time. And what are they on now? Like 30? 25 30 years, something. Thirty-two uh, seasons. Yeah, thirty-two wow. seasons. And that's thirty-two seasons of its own show. Because it yes. was a sketch comedy on Tracy Ullman. Tracy Ullman. Right. No, no, this is, yeah, yeah, this is. So it's even older than 32 of, of its existence. And that's 32 actual seasons. Yeah. Like yeah. you're not talking about, yeah, that's 32 years. Maybe, maybe, maybe I kind of see guilty pleasure and, and underrated as similar in regard because I, I, I always go back to it. I, I watch it probably multiple times a year and, um, I always feel like no one would think that's cool. I don't know. So I'm a nerd, as you know. I do know this. Um, uh, and like The Simpsons actually has like, is extremely well thought of in, in at least in critical circles. Like they, like it is still, uh, I mean like uh, Alan Seppenwall and Matt Zoller cites, uh, they did a book called TV, the book, uh, where they rank, uh, like as many popular television shows as they possibly can. Uh, and they're two of the more preeminent television critics uh, of the past, you know, 15, 20 years. And The Simpsons is number one. Wow. Yeah. Maybe, maybe guilty pleasure, maybe the question itself has more to do with me as a person than the show. Because the, I, I, I have a I have a difficult time with this question just in general. I think the last two yeah. the last two times we've done this, and then when I just think about the the question of guilty pleasure, it 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 flips the it flips the question right. It's not about whether a show is underrated um, or you know, but but it's it's more about who I am as a person and how I view the zeitgeist. What people what people well no I mean. I think that would be underrated or overrated, but, but maybe, maybe this question is more about what I think people think of me. And hmm. um, well, on the show, I think you're right too. It's definitely fallen, fallen off the public's radar. I think if you told someone right now, Oh, my favorite show is the Simpsons. I think their response would be like, Oh, that's on. Oh, I mean, I guess that's cool. I think it has definitely fallen off. It's, it's, a fantastic show. I love it. But when I originally thought you were saying it, I thought you were going to say, because as a kid, you weren't supposed to watch it, and, and you did anyway. Now they let me watch it. I watched it with my family. No, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Neither. But I, I snuck and watched it anyway, because it's brilliantly funny. But I think you're right. It's fallen off the public's radar as something that is worth their time and attention. I mean, the general public in terms of what's watched all the time. Yeah, but then I think it. But what I'm saying is, I think it's more than that, though. Even because that would just be underrated, right? I mean, that would that would be uh, that could be an easy answer for underrated. But what I'm saying is, I feel potentially, or maybe I feel guilty watching it. So, so the question the question has more to do with me as a person and how do I feel about what other people think about me and do they value what I what I absorb. And does and does that change the way they view me as a person? Maybe I'm thinking too much. We're watching The Simpsons. Who oh, is God. being no, mean no, no, to no. you? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's perception. It's perception. Like if I went around telling people, "Hey, I watch The Simpsons." Okay, man. <laughs> Hi, my name's Sean. I watch The Simpsons. <laughs> that's cool. Like it's yeah, it's a good show. I really like it. 
Am I making sense? Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Like that the question yes. itself, the question is, I think about the question itself more internally than I think most people do. Do you feel guilty recommending the Simpsons? Yes. So that I think is the really the truest probably essence of the, sh- the question. Who, who would but ever I, recommend the Simpsons? Like it's so saying. iconic that it'd be like, Hey, have you ever heard of the show? The Simpsons? <laughs> it's really not, funny. No, 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 There's no. this guy named Homer. But there and, are people you know, that haven't seen it. There are people that everyone's heard of it. But there are people who are like, yeah, I've never watched that. That's stupid. I mean, there's a stigma attached to The who Simpsons. Who has never watched The Simpsons? There are people. Definitely there are people. Like younger. Like Gen Z? Yeah. 90. Maybe so, yeah. No, I would say older than that. I would, I would almost guarantee you at least half of my church they know of The Simpsons. They've never seen a single episode and they don't care to see a single episode. And I think that plays into the guilt. Most of those people that I talked to, if I recommended The Simpsons to them, said, oh, no, it's really funny. They would look at me as less than like, oh, that's yes. a really crude, crappy humor. Okay. Who are you? Is it because it's that's animation? Not- I think no. that's part of it. I think that's part of it for me, at least. I mean, I'm not I can't speak for yeah. Trey, but, no, but I think I- that's part of it. I think it's I think it's crass humor. I think it's animation, which uh, is seen as lesser than. Yeah. But I but I also think that it's, seen, it's like that's been around for 30 something years. Like, you know, so I think I think you can come at it from different angles yeah. of like that's just nobody watches The Simpsons anymore. And I think if I were to say, like, you should watch The Simpsons, somebody does. someone would be like, that's I don't I think. I think Sean's, I, I don't think Sean's okay. <laughs> now you have the foolproof argument though. The Simpsons is owned by Disney. That's true. Um, weird. The Simpsons, weird. It, the thing is, is, it's gone on for so long that it's all, you could almost like think of it in terms of like four or five different shows yeah. in terms of eras. Like if you and split it up into eras, because yeah, the writing changes yeah. so dramatically, like, and like most people have their favorite era. Like my favorite era is the era that Conan O'Brien was writing a lot of the episodes. Uh, that is to me was peak Simpsons. And so it's, so yeah, it's almost like when you're talking about the Simpsons, you, it's, it's like you have to specify an era to even try and put it in a category like this. If you look back at the nineties, there was a divide between people who were allowed to and were not allowed to watch the Simpsons. Yeah. Like it, so there, and that is a reputation that is carried on with the Simpsons, even into obscurity. There's, there's still a, a, a drawback to the nineties of it was, it was pretty ahead of its time in terms of its willingness. You know, there was the Simpsons and there was Beavis and Butthead, Rocco's Modern Life. There were different levels to that sort of, yeah, that sort of animated level of craftsness of what was allowed like rocco's modern, modern life rocco's modern life was like the base level but yeah there was some definitely some crass adult humor in rocco's modern life go back and watch it if you haven't in a while dustin huh? wasn't allowed to watch it rocco's modern con- life i had to convince my mom to let me watch well it. that's why i'm that's why i'm surprised because my my parents like they wouldn't know they would not let me watch the simpsons beavis and butthead roseanne Ren and stimpy Ren and stimpy but I could watch Rocco's Modern Life. That's why. That's why that. Yeah. Threw me. I feel like that's sort of the the floor. That's the base level. Rocco's Modern Life, and then it just progressed. The Simpsons, Ren and Stimpy, Beavis and Butthead. So no one in the last fifteen years, no group of friends in the last fifteen years has said Rocco's Modern Life more than we have in the past <laughs> minute. <laughs> that's probably very true. Stacy, 
what is your what is sitcom that is your guilty pleasure um again i hate this one because i don't feel guilty for for uh watching it we'll be the judge is oh god okay um have you all ever seen sick note yeah i've never seen it but i think i told i think i told you to watch it sean what's his name from uh rupert grant from harry potter yeah, Ron Weasley. He's Ron Weasley, yeah. It is, it's a ridiculous, ridiculous show with a ridiculous premise. Um, the guy lies about, well, he thinks he's really sick, but it ends up he's not, and he keeps lying and a lie, like just spirals and spirals and spirals. At one point, Lindsay Lohan is in it. Like, it's just absurd. It's, uh, it's like super cringy, funny. I guess like I it is a little embarrassing how much I laugh at it because it is just absurd humor. Um, I think there's only three seasons of it and it got canceled. It's one of those shows that like got canceled multiple times and somehow came back every time, but it's really good. Rupert Grant is surprisingly funny. Like I never would have thought that he was a a funny guy, but it's really funny. You should give it a go. That's a great premise. Like if that's the show is that it's just a show that like builds off of him trying to avoid a lie or perpetuating a lie. lie. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that, that's a incon that's seemingly inconsequential lie. That's a good idea for a show. Good I do love Rupert Grant and I'd like to I'd like to see even more. He's about to be in another movie that's about to come out. Is he? But he's a good actor. He is. He really is. So sick note. You're up, Trey. Trey, sitcom that you should have seen by now. Sitcom that I should have seen by now, uh mini. There's many I probably should have seen by now, but uh, one that people have recommended multiple times, and I think it's partly because they say I look like the character, the main character, uh, Workaholics. Workaholics has come up quite a bit. Okay. I've heard it's funny. I can see Uh, that. A lot of people tell me it's Adam Devine is the main character, I think. And I go back to the same thing of people tell me I look like him people tell me i look like uh mark Wahlberg. it's it's sort of the if you're a white guy with brunette swooped over hair like you just we all look the same uh was it you that told me i look like john cho yes you you look like you look (laughs) like a caucasian john cho yeah, but even it's it's that sort of same thing. You have, we all have the same similar and white cisgender straight male hairstyle, and all just swoops over to the side. Joseph and, Gordon-Levitt, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and the other night, I, the other night I was watching I was watching Promising Young Woman, and I and I and I was watching it going, man, Bo Burnham looks like Trey. <laughs> so I think you're onto something. But it has been recommended to me multiple times. Half because people think it's funny, half because people say I look like Adam Devine, and therefore I should watch it because we look similar. Uh, but <laughs> I don't see it. Part of why I think I is multiple people have recommended it, but I've I have never seen a single episode. I've never even seen a clip. I've never seen a scene. I've never seen the second of it. And I feel like at some point, with all of the people who've talked about it, I should have seen something of it by now. I think you're onto something though about like just uh, any kind of visual representation in your scope. Like I've never even seen anyone use a GIF of it, like in a text or anything yeah. or, or no clips on uh, social media. I think there's something to that. 
Well, I think it's I just, don't know anything about it. We have such access to everything that Comedy Central used to show. We have virtually unlimited access to now, even with The Daily Show. You know, I, I used to watch it when John Stewart was on there, but that was also 15 years ago when you couldn't just search. Like Trevor Noah does a bit. It's going to be on YouTube 30 minutes later. You know, so I feel like Comedy Central, more than most shows, has really just fallen off the radar in terms of what it can provide by watching the channel instantly. That's Comedy Central, I feel like, in a nutshell. Uh, yeah. Like, they're, so many of their shows, like, have been discovered on the back end of their existence. Like, Nathan For You um, yeah. is a brilliant show that I would have never, would not have been on my radar uh, had I not heard about it on the ticket. And that is a, it doesn't fit into this category, uh, but it is a, it is one of the funniest shows ever made. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of Comedy Central shows like just went past the public consciousness and it's, they all end up kind of being word of mouth shows. And I feel like Workaholics is kind of that. A TV show that I should have seen by now uh, it's not Shit's Creek, though I did consider it. Mm. I, I feel like now I should just put it on there. I also considered Ted Lasso. That's another one that's been, that uh, I keep hearing is so good and I need to watch it. I'm not gonna it, recommend it. I'm not to going yet. to recommend it. You I already will have. not recommend it. You've already Nope, have. I've, no, I retract it. No, there, the, the, the only answer, honestly, that I can provide for this, uh, the one that makes the most sense uh, is what we do in the shadows because mm. it really makes no sense that I haven't seen it because I adore the movie that it's based on. And I honestly don't know why I still haven't gotten around to watching it. And we shouldn't talk about it in hopes that you will no, see No, I don't it. think there's a way that you can dis... dis uh, I think that's a set thing. I will watch that. There's no way you can... Okay, good. Again, because of the movie. I think I've pumped it up pretty good with you. I think I've texted you a handful of times saying you should watch it or that I've heard they, they talk, you know, they, no, they interview on... not really. You, you, you will, uh, you will text me about once a month. Have you and seen say, it? Hey, have, have you watched what we do in shadows yet? Okay. And I'll say no. And then and you just go, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's because I know you and I love you and I'm not going to say anything further. <laughs> that was a, it was a, uh, I watched the first episode and I was like, this is weird. <laughs> and then I never watched it again. And then after like a couple months, I heard them talking about on the ticket. Uh, I heard, and, they, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll go back and visit it. Uh, what we what we do in the shadows, I so enjoyed the nuance of, of each episode that I decided I'm not going to watch more than one a week because I want it to last. And I don't know when they're coming back with future seasons. Yeah, and I, the thing I adored about it was that it had the same vibe as that movie. And then um, the ticket, their interview um, with Kayvon Novak, uh, who plays Nandor. <laughs> and the whole story arc with Guillermo, like the twist of his like character and what he becomes, it's as, as a familiar, Guillermo the familiar, it's, it's so good and it's so subtle. It's it's really really good writing. It's a very funny. A, a a television series will will really hook me in, uh, based on what I can use from it in real life, and uh, and this particular one 
it, it's the energy vampire, Colin <laughs> yes. Robinson. See, that I haven't makes... seen it, but I've heard of that bit, and it's brilliant. Yes. So yes, good. Which because yes, can... we all know energy yes. vampires exactly, and that's what hooked me in because I thought the show was hilarious. But the fact that I can pinpoint energy vampires in my life. Um, <laughs> Makes and me we'll think start of, naming them now. Makes me think on a, a, it makes me think of the show on a regular basis. It keeps it just fresh in my mind constantly. <laughs> and it keeps me laughing even after I've watched the show. And, and, and I think that that's one of those special kind of connections uh, with a sitcom that you don't get often. All right, Sean, uh, show that you should have seen by now. Uh, sitcom I should have seen by now. Again, I, I had a long list for this for this one, actually. So this, this, this is one of my harder ones, just to try to pinpoint. But I'm going to go ahead and say Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm. I, I'll be honest. I have not watched Seinfeld all the way through. But I've seen enough of it that I think I've, I can say that, it, that I've seen enough of it. Um, but Curb Your Enthusiasm, I, I think I tried. I think I watched the first few episodes, and I just haven't. I haven't. I, I just haven't. So I need, I, part of it is that, that there's, that it's been on so long now that I I feel like it's a bit of a daunting task to go back and try to try to watch it all. Think short seasons. The seasons aren't very long. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, I I don't know if this is popular or unpopular. It's, it's, I, it's better than Seinfeld. Um, Just in terms of its comedic value. I mean, I just, I love the raw nature of it. I have never seen an anti-hero in 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 anything other than Larry David that I've rooted for while simultaneously thinking this guy is a genuine asshole. But I also kind of want him to win. I kind of see his point though. Yeah, like, like, he's being, like he's being a he's dick about this. Valid but he's not wrong. Yeah. He's not wrong. It's good show i think it i think it a hundred percent completely hinges on larry david obviously mm-hmm. but like more so than most shows like i think you either you either latch on to larry david or you don't yeah and and i considered putting curb as show that i can watch over and over again which i did seinfeld instead but that's because like curb curb is another just one of those like i will throw it on uh just to get in a good mood because there's just something about larry david well that conception that character of larry david that is so freeing (laughs) because it's just this guy living life and saying what he wants to say and (laughs) and there is something like you almost live vicariously through him so much even though things never end up good (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't end up good but then you blame society you're like he's not wrong the rest of you are yeah yeah and it but it also yeah it's one of those that you kind of get have to get on its wavelength because it's not like it's not like arrested development where it's just like a laugh a minute yeah it's it's more each episode is more of a slow burn that Mm -hmm. has little moments that that again like seinfeld lead to a big punchline at the end it's it's narrative comedy if i just made that up but like it's 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 narrative it's using the 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 art form of of a narrative to tell like a long joke 
Yeah. Um, and it's, it's brilliant. It's, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, just like Seinfeld, it uses the A, B and C plot. Yeah. And you have three funny things happening throughout the episode that in the end, they all come together in this brilliant comedic flash. And it just, I mean, I don't know if there's an episode that ends that I'm not just dying laughing <laughs> with the result of what has happened. Yeah. Um, and part of that's just because I like kind of what Michael said, most of the things Larry David says in the show are like, man, I wish I could say that. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had the does boss the to say that. Does the show follow like, like a, like a, a plot, like throughout the entire series? Like, do you have to watch it in order? Yes. It, it definitely helps. And because that's, and I think that's the problem. Not necessarily throughout the series, but I do think each season they, for the most part, uh, each season is kind of one big arc with mm. little with little stories told in between. But you, most seasons lead to something in the end of the season. Really, Curb Your Enthusiasm is a character piece. It is a yeah. it is a pure character piece about Larry David. This what he says is a fictional Larry David. I think he plays it a little too well for it to be entirely fictional. And for it to be fictional and George Costanza to actually be based on him, there's a little too much overlap there. One of the se- one of the seasons is basically like the season itself is basically a Seinfeld reunion. Um, <laughs> they and, and and again, like like Jerry and Larry, like they do basically a reunion in a completely different way than you would think by just bringing the actors as themselves into the season where because Larry David plays himself who who did Seinfeld like that's covered you know um but in one of the seasons they try and do a, a like a new uh special a new it's it's they try to make a new Seinfeld reunion special in the show and that's the season is like them making the Seinfeld special that isn't real and got it it's genius like it is genius and like it, and you you even get those like goosebump moments that you would in a Seinfeld reunion but in a completely different way uh because they're filming it uh and of course Larry is getting into all kinds of you know trouble with the cast and like it's 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 just a it's a great show part of the reason I I can't get into it farther maybe um, is because I adore him and, um, and he's so perfect that I can't, I can't connect with anybody else in the show. And so I watch him, but everybody else kind of falls flat to me, at least starting out. And so I, I, I'm like, well, I mean, he's great, but the thing is, is he's, it's almost like he's surrounded by straight men. All right, Stacy, show the um, sitcom that you should have seen by now. Seinfeld. Oh, and I'm yes. sure we have said every single thing that needs to be said about it. But I've, ne- I've never seen a single episode. And it's one of those ones where I'm not even sure why I haven't seen a single episode. And everyone I know loves Seinfeld. Just never, I've never watched it. I don't know if you'd like the show itself or not. I definitely think there's a couple episodes at least. That, because Seinfeld is definitely something you can pick up and watch almost any episode, yeah. save for the last season. Standalone. You could you could watch almost anything, and it's 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 pretty standalone. Yeah. And there, 
there are people I know who don't like Seinfeld who can find one or two episodes that are, are humorous and speak to their, their humor. If you, if you are going to watch it, I would say do what I did, which this is one of the only shows that I ever did this with Jenny with, but possibly because it was so much, but uh, Jenny and I, like, I just, I went through and just basically made a list of my favorite episodes or, or episodes that were really popular uh, and showed her those episodes. So if you, if you were going to go and watch it, I, that's what I would suggest is like, go online, look for like the 10 best Seinfeld episodes somewhere or whatever, and then watch those episodes. That's smart. It's so widely syndicated. I'm just surprised you've never seen a single episode. Yeah, that is kind of surprising. A single episode. Like you, you could, you could easily just stumble onto one nope. accidentally. It's like, Oh God, how did I get here? I'm watching Seinfeld all of a sudden. <laughs> I was watching Rocco's Modern Life and then Seinfeld came on. Oh, God. Something terrible happened. All right, final one. Trey, sitcom. I don't even need to look. Sitcom that you love. The sitcom that I love. The TV show that I love. It was my first love, truly, from a very young age. And I still love it. Uh, I can watch it over and over again. Um, it, It is completely and totally underrated. Uh, even though it won multiple awards, it is my all-time favorite television show, Frasier. I love it. Um, my dog is named after the dog off of Frasier. I mean, really, I was I was like an eight-year-old kid begging my mom to let me watch Frasier, and we would watch it all the time. And I've I've always thought it was funny. Uh, it is the only television show that I have ever owned and still own every single season on DVD. I really, truly could not even begin to guess how many times I have watched Frasier through beginning to end. Uh, There was a time where I was watching it uh, with a former girlfriend in high school and uh, she almost broke up with me because I wouldn't stop quoting Frasier as we were watching it together. I just, I knew every line and I, I, I was saying it and I thought it was funny. It's just such a, a beautiful, brilliant, fun comedy. I, I love that there somewhere out there uh, is, a, is a woman who will talk about how she had a boyfriend who was just really weird about Frasier. <laughs> and in fact that actually reminds me of a seinfeld episode where where <laughs> where elaine is dating that guy who every time the song desperado comes on the radio oh, he won't yeah. he won't let her talk <laughs> well i i also have a wife that would probably be like why do you like that show becca hates frazier she doesn't think it's funny at all she made it through four episodes of frazier before she said <laughs> i can't do this anymore <laughs> I get it. He's smart. <laughs> He's funny and smart. Um, I, I, I mean, I watched probably every single episode. I, there, there was a time where if it was on NBC, like I watched it. Yeah, I, I was a, I was a big NBC kid. Did you? Well, yeah, you guys probably didn't watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but. No, but I've heard about his wife. Yeah, his wife was on there and he had like super encouraged her to be on the show. 
And while he was on the show, or she was on the show, he was doing some play and cheating on her the entire time. And you like watch the scenes that they're in together and they're so, he's so nasty. Like he's just gross. Yeah, he's been married like four or five times and cheated yeah. on every single one of his wives. But it's like, like was- gotten someone else pregnant yeah. while he was married. Oh yeah. my God. Like three yeah. times. Yeah, and you see him like interacting. It's so gross. Look, Whoa. I'm not. I'm not saying I not love good. Frazier because Kelsey Grammer is a role model for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that he and David Hyde Pierce and Jane Leaves and Perry Gilpin and John Mahoney are a brilliantly funny ensemble cast, and it's it is a well written show sitcom that i love i did not approach this in the same way as trey did like trey like legitimately i i feel like obviously kind of put you like your favorite sitcom of all time in here i didn't do that i basically used this as a slot for like something that uh i got really passionate about uh or am i guess really passionate about uh that i just haven't mentioned yet uh, and I really want to mention it before we're done. Uh, the sitcom that I love is Master of None. Mm. This is uh, Aziz Ansari's uh, show on Netflix. Um, he's he's done two seasons. The first season is great. Uh, the second season is one of the best seasons of television I think I've ever seen. Um, oh. It is so good. And they tow that line between comedy and pathos. Uh, and he, so much of it is, is just about like really fascinating kind of uh, racial issues and um, being Indian in America, but then also like uh, one of his, one of his friends, uh, one of his good friends is uh black and uh she she's black and gay and uh there's one whole episode that's like dedicated to uh her uh over a series of thanksgivings Mm -hmm. and it's so good like it's just such a great show uh and so like i said the second that set the second season i got so emotionally involved in this show unlike i have in a long time it's one of the better arcs that I've ever seen of like of a of a relationship forming. And yeah, like by the end of it, I like I knew that I was just way too emotionally involved. But it I think it ends on a perfect note. And for the longest time, I honestly thought like this was gonna be it. Cause he uh you know, he kind of after the second season was just like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm we're gonna do more because I don't necessarily have like anything to that I feel like I need I need to say right now. Maybe a little bit down the line uh, if they're willing. Uh, but they just announced that they're doing a third season, so that's coming out, or they're about to start filming. I don't think I've seen the second season. <gasps> I love the first season. Oh yeah, the second season is brilliant. He goes to Italy. It's a whole great arc. I don't know how I missed this. Oh my gosh, Sean. Yeah, you need to you need to you need to okay. watch that. Okay. All right, I'll it's go back. So I- good. I really don't know how I missed this. Like the first season that. is really good, but the yes. second season is like, damn. Okay. All right. 
Like he goes it's, all out. It's, know. That's like really the romantic interest, sort of like dealing with a bad breakup, like sort of how you find yourself. So it's it's good. It's good stuff. Okay. I, I had no idea. Yeah. So that episode uh, you were talking about, Michael, is the Thanksgiving episode with um, his black lesbian female friend. I forget um, her name. She's in. Uh... The character was written for her. Yeah. Like it wasn't originally supposed to be a thing, but it's it's it the whole arc of them devoting an episode to showing what oh, yeah. it is like for a a you know e- even in in the black community specifically what it is like for a person to come out and be known within black culture especially yeah is it's profound and and a really really good episode. Dax Shepard. Uh, basically says that master of none is his he thinks it's the greatest like sitcom tv show ever he he, he talks about it quite a bit in his podcast but uh, there's a lot of good stuff throughout i said lena waith is her name by the way the actress who who plays uh that part that role she's from ready player one really good she is in ready player yes. one yeah i didn't know that it was that good like i had it no idea it was that acclaimed yeah i will watch it all right sean sitcom that you love a uh, sitcom that I love. I don't even have to look at the list. It's Arrested Development. Such a great show. So good. I think we've talked quite a bit about it already. Um, In the previous but, episode. Um, well, yeah, but <laughs> this is New a continuation episode. of that episode. If you, um, if you are listening to this and you have not heard, if you started at a part two of an episode, <laughs> right. you, you, there's something, you need help. There's something right. off. Why would you do that? Why? Why would you do that? Well, we can just reiterate our love as if no one is listening for the first time. Um, I uh, or if, I th- as if no one is listening. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's probably smart for multiple reasons, but um, I think I think uh, Arrested Development was when I, along with so so many other people, I'm sure, fell in love with Jason Bateman, and uh, everyone on that show makes me laugh. It's just it's it's a joke it's a joke a second. It really mm-hmm. is. It is it's so fast. It's mm-hmm. the opposite. It's like the opposite of Curb Your Enthusiasm in terms of like yeah. pacing. Uh, it, like it is just a joke a second, and they're all really funny. And the thing yeah. is, is they're so funny that sometimes you just miss what's going on because you're laughing. Yes. And that's why it's so rewatchable to me is because yes. you will find different things every time you rewatch it. Well, I feel like jokes are embedded too. Like, and if you missed something four episodes ago, you're going to miss it in this episode. Yeah. So good. And the, and the, and the callbacks, the callbacks and the insinuations and um, the references that are easily missable. um, But the payoff is beautiful. Uh, The payoff on those callbacks (laughs) And even, I mean, just the little things. I mean, the fact that Job's name is spelled G-O-B. <laughs> and that's like, that's like the lowest level. Uh, I'm around on that uh, segue and he has a little. <laughs> yes, so good. <laughs> Opening the rival banana stand. Oh yeah. my gosh, there's always money in the banana yes. stand. Also, just the, the, uh, the brilliance of of having fake next time on segments. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to again yes. use it as a time to call back to jokes uh, is brilliant. That's a brilliant yes. idea. 
and the and honestly footage not found i mean yeah. that yeah like, <laughs> i mean my might goodness. be yeah that might be the best running gag in the in the series the best the best absolutely <laughs> it's a brilliant ensemble cast supported by a brilliant supporting cast as well like like a brilliant ensemble cast but then also to be supported by liza minnelli freaking liza henry, minnelli henry winkler like yeah. henry winkler and then so understated people don't talk about it enough ron howard is the narrator yeah. like just the deadpan like just my, one of my favorite recurring bits is the he was uh uh he did uh he he wanted to do this or he did this thing and then ron howard he did not he did not, <laughs> just, he did not. do you ever do something and you have ron howard in your head going? yeah all right so this, this is a this is a good uh this is a good segue into a tweet that i or a tweet this is a good segue into a text that i got today uh from our buddy sean carlton again hey sean <laughs> he texted me today big bang theory is the antithesis of arrested development big bang theory is a show about smart people for dumb people Arrested Development is a show about dumb people for smart people. Wow. And then, on. And then well he followed it, Sean. And then he followed that up with me and Trey are fighting. <laughs> Agree to disagree. I think we need to get I think we need to get Sean on the podcast uh, so that you and Sean can hash it out. Y'all actually y'all actually have a lot in common. I have a little bit of a crush on both of you, so. Except for Led Zeppelin and Big Bang Theory, apparently. Hey, listen, while we're at it, I should, I need to retract. I need to say that my brother, Jeremy. Mm. Oh, yes. I need to mm. offer, I need to offer an apology. So I'm going to hear right mm. into the, Jeremy, I'm sorry. Um, my brother, Jeremy, does not like Big Bang Theory. Mm. And, and I have besmirched his name mm -hmm. his good name as a big bang theory not not enjoyer mm. um so i'm sorry jeremy i told him i would retract my statement and i have done that and we can move on and i will apologize mm. and uh that's a that's a big hit by castellanos um <laughs> <laughs> I, may, I, may, I, may, I may never put on this headset again. <laughs> and Michael will take you the rest of the way. <laughs> okay. All right, Stacy. Sitcom that you love. We've already talked about this for hours and hours and hours. And right. everything is possibly could be said has been said. Um, but it's the office. We talked so much about The Office already. We did. So much. Well, it's a great sitcom. It, it is. really is just it great. Is. And I'm really upset with the whole Netflix thing. And I still haven't bought, like, I need to buy the season so I can watch it. Or the series so I can watch it. Um, when I get sad, I watch the uh, dinner party episode. And, like, not that long ago. I don't even just remember what it. happened. And I was like, really, I was legitimately upset. Like I had honestly been, I don't even know what happened, but I had been crying and I went to go turn it on. And I was like, no, how dare you do this to me, Netflix? Like it was a very dramatic moment for me. Um, I texted my cousins for moral support and everything, but they were like, <laughs> just buy the damn series like the rest of us have. I like to randomly go watch the outtake 
of when Michael pulls the TV away from the yes. wall. Yes. And John Krasinski starts laughing. Yes. There's an outtake because he, he's like, yeah, if I just, I just, if I just stand here and just watch it for, and he like, but he just pulls it and it's like, <laughs> pulls it out. And then he says, oh, room's getting too crowded. Push it back in. <laughs> and it's like, it's like a four inch difference. And- I don't know why that's my go-to episode, but it is. I just like there's something in my body that needs to see it to be okay. After Scott's taught, so you mean? No, never. That's a great episode, though. No. That the, the candles doesn't she mention the candles? Yes. In the episode. <laughs> so ridiculous. And then the uh, Hunter's song, "You Took Hunter's Me by the song. Hand," made me a man. The awkward, comfortable, uncomfortable. I had the this arguing. Idea. Trey, for your um for your and Becca's wedding present, I wanted to take that song and put it like I wanted to laser engrave a frame oh and then put your and Becca's picture in the frame. I wanted oh to do so badly. But Justin was like, that's stupid. And he made um was he it it's a shroot farms cutting yeah, board. We have it he on made you a shroot farms cutting board instead. Dinner party is is I'm I feel it's inarguable that it's the greatest episode of the the american office i mean it is it is certainly the funniest the whole thing with dwight and his babysitter his babysitter <laughs> it's purely carnal i have can i get your email i have so many questions what's email <laughs> All right, that's us. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to disagree with us, you can email us at kellerbearhasapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and then Stacy's going to take you the rest of the way. Hi. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching for you, Sean Carlton. <laughs> you should, Trey. I may, ne- I may never put on the set set again. I have three more things to say about Schitt's Creek. Go ahead.